spoilers, people. Well, this is going to be one of those episodes where there's not going to be any editing, period. Um, my computer blew up, and I have all of my editing stuff on the other computers. So until I can get a, everything set up properly, I want to be able to get the stuff out and going through. This is going to be a heavily spoiler episode. There's going to be no fancy music, no fancy editing, or anything of that nature. So, hopefully the next time we get everything recorded, I'll be back up to the status quo. I have a brand new machine that's a lot better than my old machine, so hopefully I'll be able to get everything done and put out quickly as possible. So, until then, listen to the show, and glad that we're back. Fuck you, COVID-19. Spoilers, people! There are going to be a lot of spoilers today as we're trying to get back into the swing of things even though we all feel like we can't get back into the swing of things because everything is insane um we're doing the best we can bill had some crazy technical difficulties with his connection and his um laptop catching fire and smoking some shit we we're we're poor and our equipment is crap, <laughs> and Bill's laptop finally quit um, in the most dramatic way possible. Yeah, I got a new I got a new laptop literally yesterday, uh, and I haven't hooked up the other equipment that Vanessa purchased yet, just so we can try to get this out and running. So the next time you hear it, it'll be sounding a lot better. Um, but yes. Um, also, you've had plague, and I've been juggling. My work has decided to be extra crazy. Um, I just officially got quasi laterally moved. It's not really a promotion. It's just here's more work. You may or may not get more money. <clears throat> That's a little bit of what we're going to talk about. But when I say when we say plague, we do not mean for me COVID nineteen. This is the same plug I got last year at the same exact time. Go check out our archives, where I was coughing and choking and couldn't breathe. So you got so, COVID like thirteen? Is that what you got? I had I had COVID. <laughs> this this is all you goddamn you goddamn hipster. You had it before it was cool. Before it was cool. <laughs> and today we also have Alpha Rift. Uh, Alpha Rift. On what up? What up? What up? What up? One of the bits of spoilers we're going to talk about when I say a lot is we're going to goob about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ooh, yes! Uh, why are we goobing about it, you might ask, on a feminist <laughs> podcast? Um, there are so many reasons. You're going to learn um, if you hang along. But warning, I'm going to put this out here. Uh, we are going to cut for some major, major spoilers. Mm -hmm. But the original game is like 20 years old. So, stuff that's new will spoiler. Yeah. But other shit, you've had forever to read the strategy guide or play the game. Stuff that's new will spoiler and put to Patreon because that's going to be Patreon content. But yeah, some of it's pretty intense, and I'm really excited to be a nerd with another Final Fantasy fan because nobody in this house is. As excited as I am, I oh, beat the original seven so when it came out. But other than that, that's it. I um, couldn't. 
So before we get into everything business, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for our Patreon subscribers for continuing to subscribe. You're great, even though I lost the last episode because my computer exploded. Um, oh no, we lost the last episode. I don't even remember what it was. That was the. That's where you got all um, squishy about Amy Acton. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, if I'm able to get to the data, I'll put that to Patreon. But I, right now, I can't get to the data. Um, yeah. At least I have the data, but I just need to get to it now. Um, okay. So, besides that, uh, thank you for being around. Everybody can go to our website at www.xchromosomepodcast.com. That's where you'll find all of our social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on we're on everything but TikTok. Um, because none of us want a TikTok. Maybe we'll hire uh, maybe we'll hire one of uh, We'll hire something somebody young and pretty to be on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 Coco, Coco work. Uh, no, Coco has tons of anxiety and will not be on TikTok. <laughs> uh, but yes, we will go through and Help support us also on that page is merchandise, uh, also direct payments from to PayPal, just so we can not have to go through and rush around and be able to collect all of our stuff before everything's due next year. Um, and also, we're going to be having paywalls that are going to need to continue to be up from the previous year. So, um, thank you for the support with that. Also, go to our not only to our Facebook. But if you're on any of the podcasting platforms that like, subscribe, rate, review, do that. Let our algorithm stand so we get more listeners to help fund the podcast so we don't have to worry about sponsors. We do have sponsor op- sponsorship opportunity, but they're going to be very, very, uh, we're going to be very picky about them because we're not going to want to be censored. And they're going to have to deal with that. Did I miss yeah. anything? Uh, no. Um, not not that I can remember. It's been a hot second since we've done this. All right, so let's just oh. briefly go ahead. One thing. Uh, call back to a previous episode where we lost our shit about the NFL draft and boats and ferrying that just that whole thing in Vegas that's not happening. It is. Uh, the draft is still going on. It's all virtual. Um, good luck, gentlemen. May none of you get stuck in Cleveland forever. Um, <laughs> well, Barrow might be stuck in Cincinnati, but... Bur- that's okay. Burrow is from that area. He'll just stay there. He'll do a workman-like job. He'll, pay- he'll get paid. He'll support southeastern ohio but beyond that um unfortunately my team decided that eli manning's last game playing they were going to win so they are no longer going to be able to draft chase young uh because they didn't suck that much as the redskins will probably have chase young um oh my god did they pick yet they're um it's washington as of this moment it's Washington's t- time on the clock. Who, um, did the, who did they pick? They're going to pick... Oh, they, they picked Burrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Bengals picked Burrow. Um, 
that's been mocked since like the end of college football season. Uh, um, but anyway, so at least so, that debacle of ferrying uh, black men to the white men who are buying them uh, is avoided. Yep. <laughs> Oh yeah, that bitch. Um, did you hear about the mayor of Las Vegas? Oh, that's <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, that banana. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why did I watch that whole interview? And I was just like, I feel for Anderson Cooper right now in the worst way possible. Like he he ended up like wiping his face. And I was like, why is that literally everybody right now? Like, how are you going to say, why don't we just be a test case to see if this actually does or doesn't work? Like what? Excuse I mean, look me. what? Yeah. I, I get that Las Vegas is built on, you know, games of chance, but in life, death is the house and the house always wins. Right. I guess. I mean, I guess if, if you're just looking at it, like, well, the people who come in and, and spend money are usually, you know, like white people. So they'll just leave. And then the people who are trapped here are generally like poor or minorities. So we can just kill them off. It doesn't matter. Like, that's all I heard. That's that's all I heard her say. Because, of course, she's not going to be anybody who's like in the way of anything COVID related. Like, she's going to be in some some type of sanctuary she's going to be be safe and she's just going to look and be like wow I didn't i didn't know that would happen i mean everybody knows that would happen literally every every doctor every scientist is telling you don't don't do anything remotely close to this and somehow you thought you could be cuz you cuz you read an article once and you were like you know what they need control for when they do science experiments the the control is everywhere else you don't need to do this you don't need to be an outlier Literally, you're trying to play with lives, and the lives are minorities and poor. Don't don't fucking do this. This is a this is the most ridiculous thing. But after you know the U.S. <laughs> like federal administration, like it, it makes sense that there's people just like that, and they're just they're being out and out, just blatantly bigoted in every single way possible. And this is, it's, it's, it's amazing. And then you just still have people feeding into it, not believing that, oh, this doesn't have anything to do with, with socioeconomics or race or so on and so forth. I'm like, everything is built on that, but all right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Ohio, we've had uh, experts on in the Columbus area talking about the uh, health equity disparity. Jesus. <laughs> I saw a meme that was like said something to the effect of um yeah the everything flux clan? down. Well, there was that, but it was it was something to the effect of like, yeah, we need to close everything down. Everybody needs to stay home. And then there was uh something that came out that said like, yeah, blacks are more susceptible, but it's like, well, because poor blacks usually don't have access to healthcare and the disproportionate like way of blacks versus whites versus Asians versus whatever when it comes to healthcare and being seen by a doctor. Like minorities are or on the shit end of that list. So then all of a sudden people are like, well we need to open everything back up. Uh is that because most of the people who will be quote unquote serving you are minorities and the poor? And are you just looking at a way to kill them off? Is that hmm funny how that works. 
I think that every delivery person that I've ordered Grubhub through or Uber Eats through or anything like that has been a minority um, because (laughs) they have to live. People have to live. Right. So um, people are losing their livelihoods. I'm one of the lucky ones. I get to do my job from home. And my part of the company is pretty much strong, so I don't have to worry about losing my job. Mm-hmm. However, other people still have to worry about that, especially those that really do a lot of gig economy type stuff. Um, you've lost multiple conventions because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, this was going to be uh, Noel's first Red Fair light gig of the season this coming weekend, but. That's gone too. Um, so, yeah. and that's a um, hundred individual vendors mm-hmm. and about twenty performers and a food pantry that are not getting what they need at this. What getting their usual income this time of year? My uh, festival is also a, a donation. Um, the it's free. Uh, with a canned food donation. It's basically bring canned food, have fun doing Renfair stuff. Um, but they get pallet loads of food every year at this little tiny town. It's called Asheville, Ohio. If you've gotten to Circleville, you've gotten too far. Um, it's south of Columbus, little tiny, tiny town. It's one of those places that's getting hit hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not great to, you know, they're not a wealthy suburb to begin with. And then this and, you know, their food pantry is hustling in a good year. This year it's needed more than ever. And this year we don't know how to, we haven't quite figured out how to help them yet, which is stressful. Um, yeah. are you talking to Nancy? Well, I talked to Nancy, and she did not. She get. She gave me the name of the place, which is Asheville Food Pantry. Um, but I haven't had a chance to talk to Kroger yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're trying to find a way to help them because, again, they're the people who are getting hit the hardest. They're the people who need monthly uh, stimulus checks. They're the they're the people who are who are poor. They're the people who are. I. I can't say there are a lot of minorities, um, but you know they're the the marginalized, and then mm-hmm. the Renfair community has been crushed. And with I don't know how many shows have you lost? Um, I mean, I had I was supposed to be at South by Southwest, so that was three shows that I was probably going to play there. Um, two of them I know were were locked solid, and we were working on the third one, so. Just being there, like the whole networking opportunity was gone. Um, I've lost multiple cons. So each month I was supposed to be at some con of some kind. Um, mm-hmm. And now at this point, I mean, we're looking at probably not doing anything con related for the rest of the year. Uh, I mean, for me, I'm lucky because I do have a day job. So it's like, while well, the con stuff does bring in income and that is kind of where I was going, you know, in terms of career wise and being able to just do that for a living, you know, I had, I did have a fallback and it's an industry, like I work in logistics. So it's an industry that always needed. Um, 
So even when everything else is falling apart, you still have to ship stuff. So, you know, I'm still working. I still work every day. I get up every day. I have to go down to my kitchen and sit there, mm-hmm. and, you know, in the kitchen and like do my work and everything. But it's like I've lost I've lost all of that. But then just not being able to not even so much just travel, even just doing local shows, just all the local shows are just done, you know, and I'm in numerous groups where people are trying to figure out how to make things work. Cause yeah, we have people who are streaming on Twitch and doing concerts, but Can we please it's, call for it's weird how people don't, they'll look at, they'll look at something like an online stream and they'll be like, man, that's dope to see you in concert doing your thing on an online stream, but these people still aren't buying merch. So yeah, that, I mean, it's cool that you watch somebody like performing, but most of these people, especially, you know, a lot of the the bigger people that I do shows with, their lifeline was merch. Their lifeline mm-hmm. was going to a venue and getting paid, you know, two, $300 per night going to each venue. And that was how they, that was the gas money to get to the next spot, to pay for the hotel at the next city, to then sell merch, to rinse and repeat. And then at the end of the year, you know, they're only looking at maybe like $30,000, which we know is not enough to really live on. And now that's gone. So like, what, what do they do? You know, it's everybody's struggling and it's just, it's, it's hard. It sucks. It sucks that I can see every other like established country in the entire world actually taking care of its citizens and doing something every month so that people have consistent income and then we look at the u.s and we are a fucking joke where gofundme is our best insurance policy that we have and i can't even believe that that's a thing like that it it blows my mind that to pay for food groceries medical supplies any of this that you have to be like hey i just put a gofundme up can you guys help me i'm like I talk to friends in every other like quote unquote developed country and no one is saying this. They're saying, well, yeah, you know, I got laid off or I can't go do my job right this second, but I'm getting this monthly or I'm getting this weekly or this is a thing I don't have to worry about. And they have they insert they don't have to worry about electricity or rent or anything. They won't get penalized if they don't pay these things. When things get reinstated, they won't owe any back pay where we're looking and and we know for a fact that landlords are going to straight look at us and be like, Oh yeah, you owe me back pay for the last four months that you didn't pay me, even though there was a rent freeze in this state. (laughs) It's like you, how the fuck are people going to pay that? It's not like, it's not like the jobs are immediately going to come back. So how we're, we're so far behind when it comes to anything that it just, it blows my mind. And then people and, and, you know, artists that already were living show to show. It's like even worse than paycheck to paycheck. At least the paycheck you know is coming. You go to a show, you might break even. You might undersell. You might oversell. You don't know. And these people were living show to show, and now that's gone. And the way that people already viewed art, and they viewed music, and they viewed, uh, you know, cosplay and fashion design all of these things was well can't you just give me that for free they already thought that so what happens when these people don't have money to pay for anything and they're still wanting to consume art and music they're going to be like well i really can't pay you now can't you really just give it to me for free and these people were already struggling (laughs) 
Like it's a, it's a fucking mess. <laughs> so if you can listen to everybody, try to support whatever artists that you can. If you like somebody, throw them some money, buy their merch, go to their, download their streams if you can. Like one of the things that I have on my my streaming platform, I usually use Apple Music. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me to change otherwise, but I have Alpha Rift stuff up streaming whenever I use my um, Apple Music. I appreciate that, man. Because it any little thing helps out. I'm not made out of money, but I could go through and throw a couple of bucks at his Patreon. I could stream his music on his platform. Do what you can to go through and help out your fellow artist or crafter or anything like that. This is the time that we all need to buckle down to try to help each other out because unfortunately unless something, some miracle happens the government isn't going to do it. So this is what I call pulling not pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, pulling other people up by your bootstraps. <laughs> people, yeah. need help, people need to be helped pull, be pulled up. This is your opportunity if you can do that. But Bill, that's socialism. Dun, dun, dun. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get into the six plus to the minimum of six grand my husband stands to lose if we lose our two shows. That's just us. That's yeah. not my boss who lost Emerald City Comic Con, who's lost other conventions. Um, if they cancel Dragon Con, that's a huge hit. Um, half of my friends list is performers and vendors at cons and renaissance festivals. Mm-hmm. They're really hurting. And some of these crafters um, are doing what they can to like make medical equipment if they can. Yeah, they're making masks. They're, and it, look, if you're getting a, rena- a, a, a renaissance festival garb seamstress made mask... You're going to be able to beat the shit out of that thing. Um, (laughs) Because most of these people make stuff for people who are on the circuit where you don't know what the condition of the commercial washer you're going to be throwing your clothes in is going to be because you're on the road. And it needs to stand up to that kind of abuse. Um, uh, There are some there are some groups. I'm sure you found them, but I don't know if we've got any for performers, but Marcon canceled in Ohio. I still haven't heard back about authors and vendors who got hosed from that, which frustrates me. Mm -hmm. Um, But because I asked, hey, what's going on? Can I get a list of vendors and artists? We can support them anyway. You know, because shows close. Um, Studio Desad, which is, they do a ton of conventions. I'm sure you've seen them at South by Southwest. They do really bitchin' cool art. Um, mm-hmm. They've been making masks. They've literally turned over everything they do into they have bandanas um, that they sell, then like t-shirts. They've turned over all of their textile business into making masks that they can make a little money. My boss is working with one of his friends to fabricate face shields. Like, between the two of them, they have all the tools to make stuff. So it's these 
little people who are putting this country on their backs and carrying them. <laughs> it shouldn't be that way, but it has to be. And and what's going to end up happening is like when all of this pans out in the end to be whatever it's going to end up being, these same people are going to be looked at as not good enough or... <laughs> and that's when you kick so people good. in the balls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be honest with everybody for a moment, all right? For on a personal level, mental health wise, this has been the best thing that's happened for me. All right? Now, I don't commute to work anymore. I have more energy. I feel like I get more things done. I haven't I haven't actually been personally depressed during this whole entire thing. I've got a little bit I've got a little bit of cabin fever every once in a while, but generally I've been okay. I've been exhausted. I am I am one of the lucky yeah. ones in regards to this because I'm trying to like basically filter through a new normal and it just goes to show that Everything that we're doing now with all the work from home stuff was able to be done before. And oh, all yeah. the opportunities that people that were are disabled or things of that nature could have benefited and helped with society and helped themselves. That this whole entire thing is just showing that it's about corporate gains and a bunch of billionaires not wanting to lose any more money so they can't buy a new yacht. Yeah. So, basically, all I've, and I've been telling my therapist the same exact thing, when I, you know, I'm still seeing my therapist via FaceTime, basically, but, like, look, I know I'm different, that I feel better and I feel good, but I have to mourn like everybody else because, just because I feel good, it doesn't mean that I can't be pissed. So let's go on happier things. You guys, what do you think I say about that? I mean, we can go on to happier things, or I can for a second about um, these faux posts. Um, I posted from uh, my governor on our We All Have an X Chromosome page. Um, I shared his comments about the current. Um, protesters. Um, I captioned it, the governor of Ohio says Nazi and Trump cultists fuck off. Um, just for saltiness, I want to say one tiny thing. Y'all should have had, could have had Kasich. I don't like Kasich. I don't like DeWine. I don't like either of these men because they're a threat to my health as a non-male. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe in shit that's not safe for me. Um, they also do some other dumb shit. Uh, but right now, you could have had an Ohio leader who actually knows how to handle things. But no, you voted for the clown show. And this is what you get. So, I'm done being salty. Um, <laughs> please go check out Governor Mike DeWine uh, to read his stance. Um, you may have heard that 
our governor and our public health director, Dr. Acton, have developed a bit of a cult following, even now. Some people are calling her Dr. Doom, but she's doing her fucking job. She's constantly talking about the worst case scenario, mm -hmm. so that we're pleasantly surprised when she's wrong. Oh, but that is not my life. The worst case scenario, so I'd be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's also my life. I'm very much into assuming the worst and then being pleasantly surprised. <laughs> any more? Any salt for you before we go, Alpha? Uh, no. I'm 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 salted out. <laughs> All right. I, I just before we go to the next thing, I just want to state for the record that this is happening during the NFL draft. Two Ohio State Buckeyes have been drafted second and third. Oh, uh, Chase Young and mm -hmm. Jeff Okuda. Okuda. Okay. Yep. Who'd Okuda go to? He went to the Lions. I think that's where they thought he was going to go. Um, and they were absolutely certain that if Cincinnati did not draft Burrow. That you know, Chase was going to go. So, you know, if they did draft, as uh, they did, uh, Young was going to go second. Yep. So far, the first, the first three, the first three draft picks have played out like almost every single mock draft ever. <laughs> and uh, interestingly, they were all developed at Ohio State. <laughs> all right. So before we. Let me just ask one question. I want to ask the ex expert about this. Alpha. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, who? which one's the expert? Because I know Noelle knows her shit. So which one's oh, the expert? What, what are the things that, besides coronavirus news, that pops up on everybody's feeds is the cult of Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh my god, yes. I almost bought a Switch to join the cult. But since the, the Switch wasn't going to arrive until May, I was like, oh, well, I can't join the cult. Then my computer fried. I'm like, oh, well, I really can't join you the really cult. really can't join the cult now. Oh, I mean, what do you want to know? Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm still logged in on the Switch in the other room. I just didn't bring it in here because I knew it would distract me while I was playing. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, how is basically, this is the premise I understand. Everybody works for a capitalistic raccoon. No. Okay. <laughs> like, all right. So, yeah, all I, mean, I know is Tom Nook, your fucking posts and screen caps, <laughs> and you being ridiculous with your with your boo and your virtual dates. Because <laughs> Tom he does Nook it all is for the among, Yeah, Tom Nook is a capitalist bastard. Bells, turnips, <laughs> virtual dates. That's all I know. <laughs> so, all right. So, Really, the, the messed up part is like Tom Nook gets this really bad rap because we compare him to how we see businessmen. But you have to understand there's actually no interest in the Animal Crossing world and that he fronts you alone and never asks you for he never sets a date for payback. You can pay, pay it back as you want. And when you pay it back, he just goes, OK, now I can develop more for you and then continue. So you don't ever have to pay your loan back to him. He will never badger you about it. He will never ask about it. There's no interest, so there's nothing there's nothing going up. He um he always gives you whatever help, you know, he needs. Uh his backstory is is actually that uh he was destitute when he was younger 
And one of the things that he wanted to do was he had to find this backwater town. This was like the original Animal Crossing. He had to find this backwater town. And he was like, well, I want to build this town up so that the people in this town can have modern luxuries without having modern debt. And so you moved to the town because you were trying to find your way. And out of out of anybody who could help you, he was like, well, I'll tell you what. You to build a home. It costs this much. I'll front you the money so you can build the home. You can pay me back. Or if you just don't pay me back, like you just won't get expansions to your home. So Tom Nook is not bad. He's actually what businessmen should be. They should be about like broadening the community at large and not trying to be a profiteer themselves. Uh, he makes money in other ways. Uh, <laughs> but this one, the new Animal Crossing, is about basically going to a deserted island. Tom Nook is like, hey. Uh, I got two other people who also want to go to this deserted island. So it's your first two villagers. And then you get to go there. You get to drop down all the tents. Uh, you get to do crafting. You get to basically like build up your house, um, build a museum. What else do you get? You get to build a campsite so people can come visit your island. Um, and now they made it so that you can fly to other people's islands. I know you could visit other people's towns and stuff in some of the other versions, um, but this is the first one since the original GameCube version where it was on a console. All the other ones were on handheld. So they were on like the DS and stuff. Um, but this one, it's like you log in, you're able to, if somebody, you can design stuff in this like little pixel creator that they have in there and you can like send it to your friends or you can import stuff. So I can literally take, can take pictures with my phone upload them to a service that can digitize them and then use the QR code and import it into the game. So I have uh, my horseman banners from digital champion stuff. Somebody digitized one of my albums. Um, a bunch of other, That's cool. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of other people have digitized albums, artwork. I saw somebody made a hot topic in their house. So they had like all the album art from like 2005 to like 2008 was like, up in their house, like uh, T-shirts that you'd be able to, you know, go buy, and they put other stuff up and kind of designed it to look like Hot Topic. Um, people have actually been creating cons in there. So, uh, San Diego, San Diego Comic Con. Um, one of the people, I guess, that works there or whatever, actually for his island created the con. So you go in. Uh, oh my god, that's amazing! Tables. Yeah, there's like vendor tables. Um, and I mean, nobody's actually getting paid, but it's an experience. Like you can go and you can talk to people while you're standing there. Um, so there was vendor tables. They did. He he told if you arrived there, he said you had to dress up in cosplay because uh, every couple hours they would do a cosplay contest and then they would give people bells, which are the money for the, you know, in the in the universe or whatever. They give them bells. They give them different drops, different shirts and stuff. So you could uh, kind of dress your character up however you want it. And I don't, it's just. It's it's the Sims if the Sims was not uh, stressful because I feel like hey. the Sims. I love the Sims. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the Sims, but you have to put in cheat codes so that you can enjoy the Sims. Hey, Animal I currently. <laughs> I was I was before my computer died. I was playing a non-cheat code game. I mean, listen, I get it, but. When are you sitting there and you want your sim to like learn uh, how to write better or playing guitar and they have to pee and you're like, 
God damn it. Now I have to I have to wait for the slow ass animation to finish of you finishing up whatever it is. You have to stand up. Then the system has to reset and think about what you're about to go do next. Now you're going to finally go pee. And then by that time, it's been three hours because apparently it takes you three hours to get up out of your seat and go pee. Animal Crossing doesn't have that. <laughs> like you can just you you do stuff at your own pace. You enjoy it. Uh, it has really relaxing music. Like, just really relaxing music. It's the only game that I can fish in and not be pissed off. Because fishing in all games pisses me off. This is the only game where I go fishing. Like, I put the put the fishing pole in my little hands, and I go up to the river, and I feel so relaxed. I just cast that line. And all you have to do is you just, you either listen for the little bobber to make the sound, or, like, you can watch it go under the water a little bit, and you just yank that fish out. Like, you don't have to... There's no mini game you have to play to figure out if you can even catch this fish. It's nothing like that. Either you catch it or you don't. That's it. I mean, it's it's just it's such a relaxing game. It's just after like the most stressful day, um, you know, you log in and, you know, like Noel said, I have my little me and my girl like we go on there and we do our little our little dates because we can't see each other right now. So we go to the museum or because uh, in the museum, you can collect fossils and fish and bugs and stuff, and you donate them to the museum. So then you can go and look at them on display. And they and the fish move around like real fish. You can just sit there and take, like, cute little pictures. And uh, the fossils, um, you, he, like, the guy, Blathers, is the, is the dude who runs the museum. He can actually tell you about the fossils, the bugs, the fish. So I've been learning like actual real life shit about different dinosaurs, different bugs. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't even know that bug did that. And it's it's an actual educational kind of experience. But then when you're in there, the music is real soft. It's, you know, kind of romantic. Like you just, you feel it, you know? Animal Crossing, like everybody should play. It just relaxes you. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All I know is between you guys with Animal Crossing, well, everybody with Animal Crossing, basically. Everybody between, with Animal Crossing. Oh my god. <laughs> between you and Noel with Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ooh, I, almost, I almost bought a Switch. <laughs> I almost bought a PlayStation 4. But with the PlayStation 4, I would have also had to buy a, like, a monitor or something like that just to work with that. But between everything, it was like, alright, I want all these things now just because and Final Fantasy VII has been a nostalgia factor for me more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just going to wait till it gets on PC and hopefully within the next year or something like that. But uh, um, Good luck on that one. Yeah, I, yeah I, understand, <laughs> I understand that part, at least. Um, but anyway, so this next part, people, is going to be extremely spoiler-heavy. We're going to try to go through, as Noel mentioned at the beginning, this game is 20-something years old in general. So, some things we're going to talk about that is going to be based on the base game, but if there's anything really spoiler-related, um, before you guys speak about it, just say spoiler so I can go through and edit it, because I'm doing the editing again. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Final Fantasy VII, Noel. Okay, Let's, let me tell you where I come into this. So Okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> I played it on the PS1 for about three hours. The original. Um, and I and the attempts to have three-dimensional movement in a 2D space um, 
the UI, the everything. It was so clunky. I mean, and this is PS1, mind you. Um, things aren't great. <laughs> I played shitty, shitty games on the PlayStation, okay? Um, it was, it, and I, I'm coming to Final Fantasy as a fan, and from 8-bit, I played mm-hmm. the original. So I'm coming to this game, I played it for three hours, and I put it down because I could not progress. The UI didn't interact with me. So... I didn't really get through anything but the Mako reactor. So everything after that point in the remake was shiny and new to me. So oh, I did shit. What? I said, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, so um my first playthrough um from boot up to last cutscene or end of last cutscene was about thirty-five hours. I crushed it in a long weekend. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I destroyed it. Oh. Um, I slept for about a total of eight hours. Um, but the everything that I had a problem with from a UI standpoint mm-hmm. was gone. Um, with the ability with the lack of fixed camera now. Um, I could actually figure out where I'm going. I'm really bad with spatial relations. So the fixed cameras on the PS1, while they were spooky as fuck for Silent Hill and Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill 3 and that (laughs) shit, that doesn't work when you're trying to do a city that's in layers like Midgar Mm -hmm. is. Um, You need to be able to see. And yeah, I have stopped and I've pivoted the camera and I've looked up or I've panned across the landscape. This game is one of the most beautiful things I have ever spent time on in (laughs) the last three years of gaming. And I play ESO, which is a consistently gorgeous game. Elsewhere is now tied with final with the Final Fantasy VII Remake in terms of most beautiful places I have been in the last 12 months. Like, oh, shit. Like, just given, just given my history with Final Fantasy. So I started with Final Fantasy I on NES. Uh, yes. I played, Rat tail. <laughs> so I played four when it was two, because I remember renting it from Blockbuster, uh, like couple months after it came out played the hell out of that uh i played six which was three uh my friend bought it on release day and me and him played it over the next couple of weeks uh, and then i finally bought it like a almost a year later and I'm, we're talking i was in like eighth grade i think seventh or eighth grade when that came out um so i skipped seven at first because i was a nintendo fanboy and i hated square for abandoning nintendo and so on and so forth and then I came around when uh, it was like 1999, and I was like, "Well, fuck it, I'm just get a PlayStation. Like, who cares? I got a Sega Saturn, I got a PlayStation. I just want to play RPGs." I am the biggest Final Fantasy fanboy on planet Earth, but there's ones that I absolutely hate. Like, I hate 13. I refuse to play it ever again. Oh my I god, mean, I love 13. Oh god, no! All right, I gotta go. Bye. Click. Um. <laughs> Okay, there's some dumb as fuck shit, but I <laughs> like, I like how most of the relationships that drive the plot are sibling mm-hmm. or queer. I do like the so I will say for 13 having 
women and having them having because I don't even think it's it's explicitly said, but you get the idea that these are queer relationships, that these people are not just friends. They're not just yeah. roommates. They're not just whatever. So you can see like, yeah. yeah, but you can see that Fang and Vanille are totally a couple. Yeah. Like you can see, you can see that they, they, the way they act and they interact is like, it's not just platonic love. Not that that doesn't mean anything. It's not just familial love. Not that that doesn't mean anything, but like, it's a different, so it's a, it's a, one of another form of loves. And I love that. I hated everything else with it. I was like, I'm not, I'm no, I'm not doing anything with this game, but I hated 13. Uh, I love eight, which a lot of people hate eight. So I'm, I'm like, whatever, like we can fight. Um, like I said, seven at first I hated, I was so mad about it. And then I played it and I was like, I don't really like the characters too much. They seem a little one dimensional to me, which now that I've played the remake, they're super flat in the original. They are very flat in the original. The remake fleshes them out so well. Jesus Christ. Now my Barrett, Barrett and his daughter. Let's just start oh. there. Oh my god. Okay, so Noel, how I know you didn't you didn't finish like the original game or anything, but you know the full story, right? Or... I, yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. I've read all the spoilers. Um I actually read the strat guide because I'm like this is the only way I'm ever going to get to interact with this game and know what's going on. And... Oh god, I've done that for so many fucking games. <laughs> I collect um, strat guides. So, um Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> Um, Barrett and Marlene. I oh my god, like, I loved it. I need you to understand. Like, I have there was I cried so many times on this game, but but Marlene and the way Marlene, whoever voice acted Marlene, I need them to come in here because I need to hug them and cry on their shoulder because their their delivery, uh, the things that Marlene said, just everything about her. And then mm -hmm. the way that the way that Barrett, when you're when you're controlling him or he's talking loud or he's just out in the world, he's I mean, he's acting like a hard ass. But he, you can tell he's a hard ass who actually has that complete heart of gold. And yep. yeah, he's more than just a knockoff Mr. T stereotype, right. which is where and you like, can tell he where he started. Right. And it's 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 funny because when I first played the demo, I was like, oh, Jesus, like they're going to make Barrett talk and jive the whole time. But I feel like. I feel like the demo wasn't a real good cross section of what his character would end up being as it as it went forward because his his deliveries and everything stopped grating on me. Like I I still didn't want him to have like that jive personality, but it what he would say, the things he was breaking down, the reasons why he was saying I'm like I wanted to be part of Avalanche and I really wanted to go bomb Shinra like yesterday. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they made me. Did, the, they Shin, Shinra is fuck Shinra. Um, <laughs> I mean, Barrett very much believes in what he's saying, and that comes across. And I love the to me because I'm white. Um, I don't know if they consulted, but it sounded more like they tried to shade Barrett with more AAVE and correct. Mm -hmm. Use AAVE correctly. Um, the the voice actor that they have, the American, the English voice actor, I shouldn't say the American, the English voice actor. Um, shit, who is he? 
because I literally just looked these people up the other day. But he, I mean, it's a black dude who <laughs> voice acts like a million different characters. Um, John Eric Bentley. Yes. So I just pulled up the cast uh, so we can refer it. Right. He's perfect. He's perfect for Barrett. And like, after a while, I stopped. I said, like, his his delivery, the, some of the things he was saying stopped bothering me as much. And especially when, as you're going through it, because um, I know we're not, we're not like, going a storyline order, but as you're going through it, the way he's, he's talking to Cloud, and then the way Cloud is talking back to him, and you can see at first that they were clashing, and then after mm-hmm. a while, they stopped clashing. And it's like, we have to do this shit together, because this is mm-hmm. far bigger than us. And... I just liked that that interplay and then you know how Barrett would be soft with Marlene and like when when they were in Aerith's house and and Barrett is like you have to stay here because daddy needs to go save the planet I said shit daddy do need to go save the goddamn planet right now (laughs) I know I I did feel that Um... he's also Nick Fury in everything it seems Mm mm-hmm yeah, in like uh, almost every animated thing, um, he does. God, his his like his list of stuff he's done is just massive. Yeah, I'm looking through his. I'm looking through his IMDb right now, and every time Marvel comes up, he's Nick Fury. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, all right. So since since. We kind of got to get this part out the way uh, with with spoilers. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, it is not a remake. No, it, it is, is not, not a, a beat for beat remake. At, it, it's, it's, it's not a remake. And when I got to the end of this game, my jaw fucking dropped. And I said, excuse me, what? So now again, hold well, on, hold I, on, Bill. Hold on again. I, spoilers. Spoilers. Because <laughs> we're gonna geek out about the last fight sequence. The Harbinger of Whisper. Okay. Aerith's speech before they go into the portal. Oh fuck. I was so, ready to run through a goddamn wall for that girl. <laughs> so I like I even want to pull it back even further from that because. When you're in, so, so getting to Shinra Tower in the original is like, it's, it's massive. And. Oh God, that was awful. Fuck Hojo. (laughs) You get caught in the original and you get put into, to cells. And then I believe it's Sephiroth or maybe Reeves who actually releases you. And then you can walk around and and find Aerith and find uh, Red 13 and so on and so forth. So completely different because you don't get caught this time. In fact, no, that was that was smooth as shit. Yeah, <laughs> that you don't get caught. Um, Jesus, like you're seeing this shit with Hojo. You're seeing how many of those pods are either either contain clones or are failed clones. Thousands Ugh, at the bottom of the fucking. I forget what he called it. The, the uh, drums. Yeah, the drum. The drum. Oh my oh, god. Jesus. All of that made me uncomfortable. That in um, the, that entire <laughs> section going through going through the research facility made me oh, uncomfortable. Jesus. I remember and Spouse is sitting next to me and he's like, I want when are we gonna fight 
that fucking ho- when are we gonna fight Hojo? When are you gonna get to f- fucking f- fucking punch that guy? And we don't. And I'm you mad don't. about it. And I swear <laughs> to God, if I don't get to get to, you do not. Tifa punch him in Tifa uppercut him in his fucking face. I'm gonna oh, be really upset because I just want to murder him. And what's it's so, so horrible? What's and, crazy to me is that in the original, when you get to Genova, it's not it's not that. It's literally like they walk up to like a pod and they look in and there's Genova and that's it. But in this was fucking cosmic horror. This was event horizon shit. This was dead space level shit. I was terrified walking in there. I was like, this is fucking disgusting. And then they show all of Genova because I don't remember ever getting a clear visible image of what Genova was. She is... It's not even really a she, it. It's just an it. It just happens to have a feminine, quote unquote, feminine form. It's an it. It's a parasite. It's disgusting. That it, shit. It, oh my God. I almost threw up. I I couldn't figure out up. what was going on. I'm going to have to run that again because I was, I couldn't take in all of it. And I play a lot. I love Silent Hill. I fall asleep to Silent Hill theories, you know. <laughs> it was that kind of grotesqueness. I love creepy monsters so my reaction to Genova wasn't it was oh my god this is amazing and terrifying the flashbacks (laughs) body horror shit yes (laughs) but body horror doesn't bother me the way it bothers some people um I don't know why I I guess it's because all of these are flesh prisons they're all (laughs) disgusting Um, one of the other things Klaus flashbacks oh yes up there with at at the top Oh my god! Mm. All right, so this is oh, wow. this is this is when it it got so kind of fucked up for me and kind of kind of kind of weird. So you you see Genova, you see her in in that prison of whatever that they are they are pulling the particles that make Genova up to create. They're mixing it with Mako, and they are making these monsters, these creatures, these clones, these disgusting things that Sephiroth potentially could have been now at this point in time in the story uh you won't know you know as a player you wouldn't know that that sephiroth um was infused with genova cells you learn this later on which would Mm -hmm. be like the part two of you know whatever would come after this you would learn that later on all right i just want to pause briefly just to point out Uh for people that don't know this is probably going to be like final fantasy part five at they're, they're going because they're putting out parts of the game. It's not probably the game. Go- They've said it's about three parts, and yeah. so this is where we can drop out of spoilers briefly this section, um, and talk about that for a second. Hang on to your discussion about Cloud. And yeah, what's fucked um, up about Cloud's head? Uh, but the first disc goes through the escape from Midgar. Mm-hmm. And it is a full game. I know there are some people who are fucking upset. They're like, "What do you mean? It's only the first part of the game." I paid sixty dollars <laughs> for that. You paid sixty dollars game. Sit the fuck down. Real time cutscenes. Yeah, this Midgar in the in the original release was about six hours total. That's it. It's about six hours total. Uh, you could get in and out within about six hours. I think this one ends with Aerith's death, 
Um, so once she gets killed by Sephiroth, then you switch to disc two. Here's the thing that people seem to forget is that most of the rest of the game after Midgar, if it's just the story you're focusing on, you can finish that within about 15 hours. The shit when people are like, oh, I spent 70 hours playing this game. No. grinding. You spent about 10 hours in golden in the gold saucer raising chocobos and racing them. You spent three or four hours doing the snowboarding shit. You spent multiple hours finding Yuffie and Vincent and getting and them fucking on your around. team. Yeah, like you spent additional hours doing you you spent time to go get the knights of the round. That's not the story. The story is about a 25-hour story, if that. You can literally blast through this thing. And in fact, the last boss battle on the original disc, you can't lose. Because after you kill, quote-unquote, Safer Sephiroth and everything, it's Sephiroth and Cloud standing there. And you can literally put your, your, the controller down. And if Sephiroth attacks you, because he will, you auto-attack him like you counter. And your counter lets you automatically makes you do your limit break, and you kill him. And that's the end of the game. So the game, the actual storyline is only maybe 25 hours long. Y'all are about to get a shit ton of your money's worth. <laughs> in a way that you never would have had before because a lot of the shit that people were complaining about was complete filler it wasn't anything that that meant anything it didn't it didn't add to the enjoyment of the game it didn't add to the breadth of the game it didn't expand characters it Most didn't expand it the just, story yeah it's just you fucking around <laughs> so i mean you more than got your money's worth with literally this release I also want to bring up one thing while I was looking through the um, cast of voice actors, voice actresses. Um, the voice of Tifa is uh, Britt Barron, mm -hmm. who also is a uh, actor on the TV series Glow on Netflix. Okay, that's where I saw her from. Because I was like, I looked her up and I was like, why do I know her? Justine Baggy is the character that she plays. Okay, and then. But, uh, um, that I thought that was interesting that the the martial artist plays a professional wrestler on another um, thing. <laughs> I know that um so Biggs, uh the new the way Biggs looks now, everybody's like he looks like Charlie Sheen. He's voiced by uh Gideon Emery. And to me, he kind of looks like Gideon if Gideon was cosplaying Charlie Sheen. Yes. And then <laughs> and then he Or if, if Fenris was cosplaying Charlie Sheen. <laughs> and then and I mean I love me some Dragon Age 2 and I loved Fenris fight me <laughs> Fenris is a great character y'all fucking fight me in the comments I will <laughs> stand <laughs> a, a broody elf boy um, his voice sounds like his delivery is a, is a Charlie Sheen delivery like but it's shit, beautiful oh it's great like Biggs is uh, so I mean this isn't really a spoiler but in the original game, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse were throwaway. They were literally tutorial characters. You never know anything about them. You don't you don't care about them when they when they die, you're just like, all right. Okay, I feel buddy. bad for Jesse. I almost cried. On the, in the new died. shit. Oh, I I cried. Oh my god, when Jesse died. So, okay, here is where we say some spoilers because we're going to talk about character death. But before we go to the spoilers part, I just want to say, look, when I played the original back in the day, mm -hmm. I was really sad when Jesse died. Now, Aww. Bill, you're you cry say, at commercials, so. 
So I'm going to be bawling during this, right? Okay, now spoilers. Okay, oh, and oh, now... Yes, okay, so you're going to... You, it's after the train. It's after the train yard, which is some <laughs> fucked up shit on its own. So hold on, be, before we even talk about these deaths, the train yard. Most of that is like new. Okay, like, I didn't know that. That is some fucked up shit with the ghosts the, and the black wind the and the whispers. And, but ugh. there was not. There was none of that. Like you went through it and you just got through it, but there was nothing that was like. There was no there. So. The whispers, for people who don't know, are supposed to be us. Are supposed to be the the fans who wanted the exact original game. That's what the whispers are, and they are that. hounding. They're hounding Aerith, and there's some there's theories, and I have my own theory about why they're why they're hounding Aerith. But they're hounding Aerith because Aerith, at this point, her and Sephiroth are the only two people who either understand the whispers. Or know what the whispers want in the sense that they know what does and doesn't have to happen for for the whispers to go away. I'm gonna use a mod to keep you alive. <laughs> um, but then yeah, after fuck the train, the whole train section was just it was creepy. It was I loved it. It was delightful. It was the right kind of tension because you're trying. Right. You are. You're literally trying to go as you, it feels like you're trying to go as fast as you can go because you're on the clock. Mm -hmm. You're trying to get back. You're trying to get to the pillar so that Shinra doesn't collapse the pil pillar and then collapse the plate of Sector Seven onto the slums. Yeah, which is something I had a discussion with my husband about because um, he's like, "They're they're because they're like they're going to drop the plate. They're going to drop the plate," and I said, "They're they're sacrificing." Everybody from like the upper middle class down. Yep. And he's like, "No, that's dropping the bottom part." And I'm like, "No, no, babe, they're murdering hundreds of thousands of people." There is, I know Reeves said there was fifty thousand underneath the plate, and there's probably a million, two million on on that so, sector. Oh yeah. god, yeah, it's and that's horrifying, but. So you're busting through this train yard, and the the way it's set up, there's this tension between how fast you want to go and mm -hmm. how it's just it's a junk it's junk, and there are these little ghosts that Aerith can talk to, um, which was the cutest the, shit. Like I can, see it was you. so sad. Oh my god! Did you go and get that one piece of materia? There's like a you go like off in another direction and you get to a box and you open the box the minute you open the box the writing comes up and it says wrong way oh yeah yeah i was like well, fuck you for judging me little I creepy would, ghost children every time the one came up that was sad i was just like listen i'm gonna hear that i'm gonna ghost child's story and that's just gonna break my heart and yes sure enough it fucking broke my heart like <laughs> Just just seeing, like, this is what they went through. Now they're trapped here until you can basically kill, like, the one thing holding them there. And, and that was a hell of a fight. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, and apparently, because I don't know if you did this, but uh, he holds uh, one of Aerith's weapons. So if you actually kill him, you miss one of her weapons. Fuck, I'm going to have to go back and steal. Yeah, so I'm I'm on my hard mode playthrough now, so I can just oh, because you just want to suffer. <laughs> I, mean, I cannot. 
I'm trying to platinum the game at this point. This is going to be the second game I've ever platinum trophied, and I, I feel like I can do it. And ah, uh, it's so good. But the plate. Let's go back to the deaths. <laughs> yeah, it's back to the deaths, and then we'll go back to Cloud and his fucking flashbacks because they get intense when we get up in when we go because we're we're slowly moving forward in time to the point where mm-hmm. we're in the drum, and he has the biggest flashback that's the oh, creepiest because um, he's had flashbacks all along. Um, he has a flashback with a, a guy named Marco. He thinks it's Sephiroth. He almost murders mm-hmm. a guy his first night in Sector 7. Um, Tifa stops him, thankfully, because uh, that was some fucked up shit. But mm-hmm. Cloud just mm-hmm. has these, and it it's a, it's a very nuanced way of dealing with the mental health issues that Cloud has. And there's, um, there's another that also side progresses of it, too. The plot. Yeah. I Hey, spoilers, they're not all Cloud's memories. Everybody knows this, but Aerith knows too. And there's a cool mm-hmm. scene with that. But um, the whispers are important because you run into them a few times. Um, the first time they sort of drive Cloud and Aerith together. Which is and it's, then, it's funny because during that section and, and when Cloud was first walking, Aerith has her back to him. In the original game, She's facing him and walking towards him. So technically, he was going to walk right past her and never meet her until the whispers started messing with her and she started saying, go away. And then he took notice of her. Otherwise, he would have bypassed her, which makes you think, hmm. So what the fuck's going on here? And then they, um, (laughs) yeah, they do that. And then they invade Sector 7 and they, do some spooky shit. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, spooky friends? What? So, so uh, I, I cuss them out, and you got that that fight where you just, they're outside Seventh Heaven, and you have to mm-hmm. just grind out this timed event. That and you, you don't, don't know how know, long. You don't know why they're there. Like, they, everybody's screaming, like, why? what the fuck do they want? Why are they there? And that's and... never explained, and I haven't figured it out. I'm going to have to run okay. that section again, too. All right, cause... so I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because originally, Cloud was going to leave. He was going to wake up and he was going to leave. And if he woke up and left, he wouldn't have been with them when they went to the next reactor, which he needs to be there. Him, Tifa, and Barrett need to be there. But the thing is, is that if he leaves, Tifa also wasn't going to go. So Barrett was going to go, Jesse was going to go, and I think Wedge was going to go. Except Wedge and his fucking cats. Except... Jesse got her ankle hurt, and I believe Wedge had to watch her, which meant now Cloud couldn't leave, and Tifa couldn't leave, and Barrett was like, well, fuck it, I'll just do it by myself. But now Cloud and Tifa were going to go with Barrett, which is what happened in the original game. Okay. Because if Jesse went, and Wedge went, that changes everything. Hmm. I wonder why. (laughs) But And and then... You run into Reno in the church after mm-hmm. that second react after that second reactor, mm-hmm. um, and you have this glorious callback to the Advent Children movie mm-hmm. and the fight in that church. And fuck Reno, he's hard as shit on classic. Oh yeah, he. I I now realize like <laughs> after I beat the game, I was like, wow, I suck at playing this game after watching like people who were really good at combat and what they were doing, I was like, oh, shit. I wish I would have really paid more attention to, like, Cloud's Punisher <laughs> mode 
and the Punisher mode period and how to because he auto he auto counters if somebody melee attacks him when you're in Punisher mode and you're guarding. And Punisher mode also builds up people's stagger bars faster, which is like I didn't realize that. And now that I realize that you can literally just guard and let Reno attack you and you'll build up his stagger. And then when the things come, you can just dodge around them, walk around them, go into Punisher mode, let him hit you, and you'll still counter him and stagger him. Then you can use uh, like magic to actually blow magic or grenades or something to actually blow up the electrical things that are like moving around. Because once they're gone, he doesn't have anything that will, you know, do like serious damage to you. And I was like, well, shit. Except that he's <laughs> fucking fast. Yeah, he's he's super fast. I think that's why they have the Punisher. So you don't have to try to figure out what he's doing. Cloud will just do the work for you. And I'm like, ah, shit. I wish I, I would have fucking known this. Like, I, that's that a final 13 mechanic. Is that <laughs> auto attacking. Mm-hmm. And then you just fiddle with tactics. I wish it was a little bit more like I could fine tune what people are doing. Because mm-hmm. that was one of the things I really enjoyed in 13. Was that mechanic where I could take control if I needed yeah. to and yeah. run a character, but also set tactics and kind of manage the battle instead of being constantly intense. Um, but so the whispers save Cloud and Aerith in the church. And so then the reason why they do in the church when at first Cloud was going to kill Reno and Reno's not supposed to die. So the whispers pulled him back, pulled him and Aerith back, so that Aerith also would not be caught, so that they could start escaping. Which was mm-hmm. the other reason why they also saved her when she started to fall, because she's not supposed to get hurt or caught there. Mm-hmm. So it's like the whispers were putting putting them back on the on the right path of what was supposed to actually happen, or at least what they wanted to happen, what fate wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because these things never appeared in the original game. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, this shit's spoiler heavy. <laughs> yes. Oh my um, god, this game! And I then can you talk get about this game the, all, all year. <laughs> yeah, and then you get to the pillar, and because you know about this point in the game, I'm like, oh, the spooky friends are here. What the fuck is going on? And mm-hmm. you're there as your cloud, and you're running up the tower, and you get to Biggs. And the whispers are around him. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing, spooky friends? And then he has this beautiful speech, and he fucking dies. And I'm like, that sucks. I'm pissed. I love how he drowned on Cloud. (laughs) Like at the the end of it, because he said, what do you say? There's this this orphan, or there's, uh, was the leaf orphanage in... um, yeah. In uh, Slum 5. And then Cloud's like, yeah, I know the place or whatever. And he says, you're supposed to go there. And Cloud's all like, no, you're supposed to go there. And then uh, Biggs goes, what, you don't like kids? And Cloud's like, no. And he goes, why? Is it because you're like one? And I was like, Biggs, you're dying, bro. How can you still, like, clown on Cloud right now? <laughs> because that's his, he's, he's the big brother. Right. That's, especially in the dynamic with Biggs and Wedge. Biggs is the the older brother. Biggs the protective. Mm-hmm. He was the kid in the orphanage who, yep. w- in when he was growing up, that ran the watch for the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you get that feel from him. And then he dies and I'm pissed. And I'm like, okay, well, that sucks. What did the spooky friends do? If they killed my if they killed my my elf boyfriend, I'm gonna fuck them up later. <laughs> so <laughs> you I, go up a few levels and then there's this so great cutscene. What, I, what I think they were doing with with Biggs and Jesse was not so much trying to kill them, but to make it so that Cloud actually couldn't bring them back. Because I think if Cloud had gotten, this is how I, I took it, if Cloud had gotten there like 30 seconds earlier and was able to get to them because he physically could not get to them because they were in the way, I feel like he could have used a heal spell or or a potion or something. But I think I think in, in this world, if there's a point in which you are too far gone, you nothing can heal you. It's it's almost like you would just be brain dead anyway. Um, but then we get to the cutscene at the end, right? 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 So so that's some shit. <laughs> See, I'm just gonna go to the. Uh, I'm gonna be playing music in between all these, just so everybody else just give the idea of what's going on. But I'm gonna like cut in like then you get that cutscene, right? 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 Then right, back to right. more music. <laughs> <laughs> but you know we'll get into that we're talking about permadeath in the final fantasy universe and i'm gonna shout out to the game theorists and matt pat which i binge on he actually addresses it and it's it goes into how phoenix is actually dead and your phoenix down offerings suck and that's why that's why it doesn't work on Aerith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so there's this this whole thing we'll throw up a link to it um because it's a pretty cool explanation. He's done it a couple of times where he's gone back to this Final Fantasy VII permadeath thing. Because it doesn't make sense in an in-world. Where, like, thing. somebody's laying there and you think, I should be able to bring them back. I have fucking revive magic. Why? What? <laughs> what the fuck? I ground that materia up. I already have revive. The way On I, this character. I, even, Why are you dead? Even, like, in the old shit, like, the way I would always think it's almost like when somebody's heart stops and you're like, all right, well, I can use, you know, I can, I can use uh, the paddles to kind of bring them back. But it doesn't, if you're too far, it still won't happen. Like, that's the way I've always thought about it. But now that Final Fantasies are getting so realistic, I know one of the things that Square has done that has helped is that they don't show people dead with, like, Phoenix Downs. They show them, like, almost mortally wounded. So like they're down on the ground, they're breathing heavy, they're leaking blood, mm -hmm. but you can still you can still bring them back from that mortal wound. Whereas like if it's too far gone, they're too far gone. Like it's they've been stabbed by the basilisk. Yeah, like it's just it's like you just can't bring them back at a certain point. That's that's how I approach it now. Just kind of because I know fifteen does it where like the dude like your your people are basically just on their knees, and then you can kind of just go over and like even in 15, like grab their hand and literally lift them back up and they're back in the game. Like, yeah, if you're, if you're like super leaking blood or anything, I don't think you're going to be brought back, but I love the game theorist. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's, it's a pretty slick theory, but, um, and then you go up and Jesse dies and I'm, I'm super upset because you've picked up <sighs> Tifa at that point. So Cloud and Tifa are duoing 
they're, uh, in my playthrough, they're just mowing down everything. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, if you're thorough, you only miss two quests because you cannot physically do all of the quests in one playthrough. I like that. You can't do Chocobo Sam and Madam M's quests mm -hmm. in the same playthrough do, of Walmart. Yeah, you can only do one. I Walmart. called it Walmart. Fuck. <laughs> Walmart. <laughs> um, and um, then you there's also um you could miss uh Aerith's what is it? Like either one of her not her limit break, because I got that. A book, I think, or you can't get it until after you've you finish the game. But it's in the Coliseum, and I'm pretty sure it only shows up after Aerith is gone. So I think you have to go back with chapter select to do one of the things for her. Because you need that to actually open up a bunch of shit after you finish that is in the VR missions that doesn't show up until then. Yeah, the VR missions are cool. The, just the being a, the, the replayability mm. that they've built in is really good. But mm -hmm. Jesse says this thing about, I made Tifa cry. That, what did I say that it made Tifa cry? And I'm like, bitch, you're dying. <laughs> and I'm tr and I, I don't feel feelings. Usually, and I'm like, I'm feeling a feeling, and this is uncomfortable. She said... How dare you uh, make me feel feelings? <laughs> she said, we can all have uh, pizza at my place. And I was just listen, all right? I needed you not to fucking say that shit. Because I stood at that goddamn door while you was in there with and Biggs and Wedge in the kitchen, and y'all were talking for like 85 minutes. I just stood there, and I listened to y'all, and then I, I stared at all the pictures of you on the walls in your dad's bedroom, and I read the little notes and letters that you sent your parents talking about uh, you were in a play and shit. Listen, this I didn't need this character development for somebody who was tutorial fodder in the original, but now I'm hooked and you are best girl in the goddamn storyline. And I'm crying now and I hate everybody. I hate Shinra and Rude and Reno can eat all of the dick and <laughs> oh, they oh, them in their fucking helicopter can eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> Cause fuck that. That was some bullshit. Right. <laughs> oh my but that was such a badass fight though. Oh my god. Just, oh at the at the top of the, uh, the, of top. the pillar. Yeah. Where that was just, you're fighting uh, Reno and uh, Reno and Rude is just will just strafe you in the goddamn the, chopper. Oh he's like, all right, here's 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 the bombs. He said he said, Reno, get out the way, I'm dropping bombs. I'm like, really? Are you fucking serious right now, dude? <laughs> like, and then yes, yes, he was completely serious and blew, the fuck, <laughs> blew everything up. And I'm like, why, why, why right? is all of this? <laughs> oh, oh, fuck! And it was just fuck. chaos. Now I'm a player of the Tales series, mm -hmm. which is an, which is great. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But a lot of those boss fights are fucking chaos. <laughs> with these moments where the boss just is like, pose, blah, 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 limit break words, and then just <laughs> destroys you. And so all of that training of bouncing around and blocking and, and roll dodging and mm. looking like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and flailing desperately that I did in the Tales series really helped. It, it transferred it over to this. Yeah, because... So far in, I mean, I did play some 15 and I did take down some shit that I probably shouldn't have. Cause I'm like, Whoa, that's way <laughs> over level. And I didn't die. So, but that, that hopping around like a lunatic 
really helped. Mm -hmm. um, but the whispers are there with Jesse too. Preventing preventing you from being able to bring her back because she's always supposed to die. So is Biggs. And Wedge, here's what's funny about Wedge. They save is that, Wedge. Is that Wedge is supposed to die as well. But they save and him. And they saved him. And but then later cats. on, later on, you find out that he's he's out there. He comes back. He helps you for a minute. And then he's gone again. And whether he's dead or not, I don't know. I have no idea. He goes flying out of a window with the whispers dragging him along. And I don't know. And all he yeah. wanted was Cloud for Cloud to remember him. So I don't know that part. I don't really understand too much as to why they saved him. Because I'm pretty sure he died right there in the original. Like he falls off the tower. and Or he falls off the pillar. And I'm pretty sure he died. That's when he died. Oh, he wasn't on the pillar. He was in Sector 7. You know, No, you know when he fell off the pillar and then he used a grapple hook. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, I'm pretty sure he didn't have a grapple hook. Straight up died right there in the original. I'm going to have to, because I'm replaying the original now, but I'm pretty sure he died right there. And there was no mention of him ever in Shinra Tower or anything like that. And so then I'm, they save Barrett, and that's when Red Thirteen says that the whispers are the enforcers of fate. All right, so let's get to that part because this shit. Because that fight right before that happens is some fucked up shit too. This shit is. This is like. This is like the wildest shit. Okay, so you're going into to set the scene for people. You're going into Hojo's lab. You're going to get Aerith. First, you have to fight these this weird mutant thing that throws like toxic pools on the ground and does all kinds of other weird shit. I thought that was weird. I was like, whatever. Then you actually go get Aerith. And as you're getting her out, Red 13 shows up. He's trying to get Hojo because Red 13 was in uh, where you were fighting the mutant thing before you got to Aerith. Red 13 was in one of the cells there. And He's a, he's been experimented on by Hojo, like all, all kinds of fucked up shit has been going on with him. So you get to Aerith, you get her out. He goes after Hojo, isn't able to get Hojo. And then he's about to turn on your people and Aerith touches his head. And in that moment, what I believe she did was showed him not just his future, which was is the actual is what you see at the end of the original Final Fantasy with him running and like all this other stuff, not just his future, but everything before that to show that he knew who he would know who they were eventually, that he mm -hmm. helped help them in their quest and this, that and the other thing. And then that's why he basically uh, goes alongside you. And then. <sighs> then you start tripping the fuck out and you see Sephiroth again. Oh my God! Does Cloud trip some serious balls? <laughs> this man. <laughs> but the thing is, and and for people who are, this is like their first experience with it, that's not actually Sephiroth. So Sephiroth in the original never you never actually see him until the very end of the game, because he, everybody that you see that takes on his image is a clone, is that he's beaming his image to your mind, mostly to the clones' minds, to, so, to, to people who have been touched by him, like Cloud. Um, mm -hmm. 
who can then see these clones as Sephiroth. Because Sephiroth is, is this entire Marco time. Is. Yeah, is what Marco is and and the other one. I forget what number Marco was, but you see the other 49. ones. 49. Was he 49? Yeah. Um, I know that you see number two. You see a bunch of other ones throughout. And this is the thing that clued me in that. So this isn't Sephiroth and, and something weird is going on because this Sephiroth grabbed Genova's body. But Genova, her, the body, uh, was the only thing that Hojo had left. The head is with Sephiroth in the northern crater and has been there for years at this point. Um, and he's basically been using that head to kind of heal himself, regain power, control his clones, and create what he's calling the reunion, which is that driving force is one of the things why Cloud keeps seeing shit over and over again. Keeps seeing Sephiroth, keeps having this feeling like, like he has to go somewhere. He needs to be somewhere. Um, this is driving force to bring him back and all of his clones back to the Northern Crater to give Sephiroth more power for his end game. Um, so yeah, Cloud's Cloud's tripping out. He's just seeing Sephiroth fucking everything. Like, then you go into the drum. Jesus and, fucking <laughs> I mean, it was, we're like, this is Final Fantasy game. And, this is, and then I'm like, this is suddenly Welcome to Silent Hill level shit. Oh my god. It was, it's creepy. It's atmospheric. Hojo talking hella shit to you over the intercom. Oh, the, <laughs> at, there's an added level of horror for me. Um, how they drew Hojo. Oh, God. I fucking... Some... I hate the way... I hate how he looks. He's just nasty. Here's the thing. I have a, a friend from Fair mm -hmm. who has the same skull shape and the same penchant for small, round, uh, dark sunglasses. Oh, Jesus. And... This guy is one of the sweetest human beings you could ever meet. Also, Heidegger reminds me of my boss, Steve. Oh, so, Jesus. <laughs> so there are these people that, like, if my boss at FAIR was uh, a, a warmongering proponent of the military-industrial complex and a pure capitalist to the detriment of all else, some of the shit Heidegger would say would, you know, come out of his mouth. <laughs> come out of his mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, it's, it's a very Steve-ish thing, but evil. And then <laughs> Hojo looks like someone I know. So there's this added level of tension and irritation. It's like you're, you're, you're stealing things that are good mm -hmm. in my head in these images. So Hojo is just, oh, he's, he's creepy. He's... He's very Buffalo Bill. He's ooh, that's a yeah, that's good. You but get I, that, yeah. Like yeah, he wants he's... to wear you. He he. The things he's thinking about when he's looking at Aerith are either like BTK or Ed Gein or Buffalo Bill. You know, it's kind of that mm -hmm. that BTK. Buffalo Bill, wear you as a hat, but only after I have extracted the maximum amount of torture and pain from you. So it, what makes Hojo even, even fucked up is that, so a, I can't remember the, the doctor's original name, but there, there was a doctor that Hojo served under, and this doctor would not go as far as Hojo did. So when Shinra was originally trying to get 
macro energy and trying to figure out what the ancients were and the Setra were. This doctor basically um, was able to track down, I believe it was one survivor. So it was Aerith's mother in Falna um, mm -hmm. and was able to, and when I say Aerith's mother, her dad was this other doctor. Um, and so they, you know, worked together and Shinra was like, basically you need to go further if you don't if we don't get what you you know what we need out of her then we're going to replace you we're going to hurt her so on and so forth so they escaped and they were living in isolation they were still trying to kind of unlock the knowledge of the ancients and and the paradise and and this that and the other thing and uh they had Aerith. and when Aerith was maybe like three or four i think that's when hojo and them found uh, the Doctor and Infalna and Aerith. They killed the Doctor, took Infalna and Aerith, and put her, put them where Aerith said she grew up. And torture, basically tortured the shit out of her mom. And her mom took her one, like when everybody was 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 down for the night, took her and they escaped and they were ended up in the slums, um, in the Sector 5 slums. And Infalna by that point was dying. And so, you know, she gave a... a was it Elmira, uh, mm -hmm. Aerith, and said, you know, raise her. And so... Keep her Elmira, safe. Yeah, keep her safe. Elmira knew what Aerith was. And then just as they show in the, in the storyline, um, Sung came and was like, you know, we're going to let you raise her, but we might come for her, this, that, and the other thing. The reason why I think that Hojo and them didn't know where she was was because Rufus, if I'm not mistaken, didn't... Because he runs the Turks. Rufus didn't necessarily want his dad, who's President Shinra, to do a lot of the shit he was doing. So he kind of was doing shit on the side. And so the Turks, even though they're considered like the CIA, FBI of Shinra, they don't really run specifically under the board members and the president. So they kind of run on the side. So they were, in a weird way, they were keeping Aerith safe. Um, for the time being, so that somebody like Hojo couldn't couldn't uh, like mess with her. Um, mm. But then eventually they couldn't they couldn't hold that back. Thanks, you know, thanks in part due to to Cloud and Avalanche and other people who kind of intervened and showed ended up showing all of Shinra where this woman was, where Aerith was. Um, and so that makes it even worse that you that that Hojo was so hell bent on trying to get her back. That it's been 15 something years since he's seen this this woman when she was a little girl when she was gone. And he's been this entire time trying to make almost replicas of her, of, of things that could potentially unlock paradise. And that's half of these clones. That's half of the monsters that you you come across are his experiments. In fact, They're it's been horrifying. It's been, it's been theorized that almost every monster that's not like a normal animal that you face is one of his failed experiments that at some point in time he just released. And he just was like, all right, we need space. Like, let that thing go outside of Midgar somewhere. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. Or like, let it go on the sewers. Just let it, let it do whatever it's doing. And I mean, just like um, Corneo, like he has Abzu down there. I'm pretty sure Abzu is a damn failed experiment. And now Abzu's down there. Abzu and his fucking babies. <laughs> like asexually, Abzu is just down there multiple. Yeah, we're gonna need to revisit Corneo and <laughs> all of that goodness here once we're done talking about Hojo and Har. 
it's just oh horrible shit horrible shit just so let's yeah let's 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 talk about the end here because it's some deep shit and then we'll we'll talk about the non-spoilery shit so there can be this <laughs> so there can actually be a podcast listen yeah. to something yeah <laughs> um. <laughs> um so continue on some spoiler shit uh the journey to the end is when they get to uh president shinra's office now in the original president shinra was dead on his desk with sephiroth's sword through his back and you're standing there you're trying to figure out what's going on rufus shows up you fight him then you basically bounce uh you go downstairs you get well we uh, skipped that they saved barrett Oh, I'm, getting, I'm, okay. I'm gonna get to that. Hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Cause, Cause I want I I'm kind of the people who are who are listening who have played the original and are playing this or beaten this. I just want them to to realize the amount of differences that happen because this I feel like was the biggest split. It's where the whispers okay. didn't have as much power. So at this point, Aerith knows what's going on completely, and Sephiroth knows what's going on completely. As far as I'm aware, they are the two that know what the whispers are they know about fate they know uh about the entire storyline to the original game uh Aerith knows about her death sephiroth knows about his death and then rebirth and then death again and then potential rebirth after that uh red 13 knows that humanity becomes extinct at some point in time um so that's what he wants to prevent and I, I feel like it begins right here when they walk in there and President Shinra is not dead in his desk. He's hanging off the side. So they pull him up. Uh, he, he talks a load of shit because, you know, Barrett is... That's what old white men face. do. Yeah, he talks a load of shit. Uh, then gets killed by Sephiroth, which, I mean, that's what he was supposed to... He was supposed to die the whole time. So the, the whispers wouldn't prevent that. They didn't care. He, he died. It's cool. But then Sephiroth decides he was going to kill Barrett. And proceeds to actually kill him. And just straight just, up stabs him. Straight up just stabs him right in the chest and he's done. And I said, what the fuck? Because yeah, that never happened. Because there was this, because <laughs> Shinra is monologuing and then shit happens. And then you don't realize what happens until you see, I didn't realize what was going, you know, I was like, well, exactly. there's something going wrong here. And then you see this giant, the, the Masamune come through Barrett's chest, and I'm like, what the fuck? Right. And I'm like, that never happened. I know that you guys are doing a remake, but y'all are not going to get Barrett off, because there are plot points that rely on Barrett specifically. You can't kill him off, which is why the Whispers brought him back to life. And, and Red just, 13 straight up says, it wasn't your time. It wasn't your time. This isn't where you die. And it's like, that's really uncomfortable. Right. That, and then, you know, <laughs> you fight uh, Genova, which was. Well, you fight that Genova dream. It's called the Genova dream stealer or dream weaver. And fuck that fight. That, that fight was some shit. Because <laughs> there's tentacles, and if there's tentacles, you can't attack the main boss. And then I, I will say the arsenal was a worse fight in the series of fights from <laughs> the end of Shinra Tower. Well, you know, from getting Aerith to the end of the game. Mm -hmm. The arsenal was a worse fight because it's just Aerith and Barrett, and I hate controlling Barrett. Barrett, ooh. So we're going to talk about that too, because I learned that Barrett is actually. Uh, the the best character in the game. 
<laughs> I mean, he's a hella he's a hella badass tank. Yeah, but I just with my spatial control, mm -hmm. I have problems with I'm his a, gun arm. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm gonna tell you what I found out, and I went, "Holy shit!" I've been playing this game, and now on my on this playthrough, Barrett is uh, my main healer, and I'll tell you exactly why here in a minute. But because <laughs> he's got a million fucking hit points. Um. So actually, I'll just tell you now. So Barrett has two skills. One is Steel Skin, which allows him to uh, basically take hits and not take a lot of damage. The second one is Lifesaver. So if anybody in your party for the next like minute or two takes damage, it gets funneled to Barrett. The yeah, those why, are tank abilities. Right. So the reason why Barrett becomes your best healer is because if you put Chakra and Prayer on him, and then you equip him with abilities in which... Um, like if he if he takes damage or if he gets crits or if you put him with ATB abilities that very quickly fill his ATB gauge up, your entire party will never take damage because the other two characters' uh, damage will always be funneled to Barrett, and then Barrett can very quickly heal your party back up to full, meaning him. I mean himself basically. So with Chakra, it's one ATB. That means he can heal himself almost to full every single like ten seconds. If that, like even faster than that. When I found that out, I went, holy shit. Then, I thought, I, yeah, I've been playing the game entirely wrong. <laughs> then, and I started playing with that a little bit. Well, I could use Lifesaver life and Steel Skin and I'll put prayer on him because chances are he'll be far away and he can use prayer and won't get interrupted and blah, blah, blah. The other thing I realized is that when he's firing, when he does that last fire and the exhaust comes out, if you hit a triangle to do the charge, he will actually charge his overcharge. And his overcharge fills up his ATB meter like crazy. So Barrett almost always should have a full two bars. And at that point, you're just healing constantly. You're, you're taking all the damage from the party. I said, Barrett is the best damn character in this whole fucking game. Holy shit, this is broken. They are going to fix this for part two. I know they will. <laughs> oh. Okay, so that's cool. But yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you fight Rufus. And then you one-on-one -on -one duel Rufus as oh, Cloud. And Jesus Christ. Rufus and his fucking dog. Press F in the, um, press F in the chat for anybody who thought that they could just uh, fight Rufus without doing counter stance, which is one of Cloud's abilities. Or um, Punisher mode, like I did, and then dying repeatedly and having to reload the game multiple times until you realize that you need to use counter stance on Rufus or the Punisher mode because you are I'm, not going to get through Rufus's attacks. I'm pressing F for you because I didn't <laughs> die in that fight. Oh. <laughs> I died like twice, and that wasn't one of them. Oh, my I God. I took him out again. The tales of the the tales series and they're fucking because you have <laughs> you fight a lot of duels, a lot of one on one where mm. you're all you're alone, um, and it's just you and it's usually the 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 hero, the main character who's usually like a melee fighter, mm -hmm. and you you have to know how to cover up and soak shit and then get in there and snipe some hits. And you know, dodge roll and basically avoid attacks, avoid, 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 or you know, guard, and then 
get your hits when there's a break. And I think that's the only reason I survived that fight. But fuck that, fuck that little shit. I hate that, it. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was a hard fight. <laughs> it was a hard fight. And I hate, I hate the character. Oh, yeah. Rufus is a fucking ass. 100%. Reeves, Reeves is, is wonderful. And I want him to not die. Uh, Reeves won't die because, uh, spoiler alert, Reeves is Kate Sith, one of the characters that you get later on. You find out that uh, it's like a robotic cat on top of a big stuffed Moogle. Um, I know who he is. Yeah, you you learn that uh, Reeves is the one controlling him. So, Reeves don't die. He good peeps. <laughs> I know, he's like, I, he's like, that was horrifying. I already have a reconstruction plan. We don't need it. What? What? Yeah. Just Which I loved I loved the Kate Sith uh little teaser when the yeah. plate was dropping and and Reeves was pulling Kate Sith standing there and he dropped to his knees and was like in pain. I said, "Holy shit. Like they actually put Kate Sith in this game. That's fucking amazing." <laughs> Get what See, I didn't understand that they were together as a mm -hmm. thing. So Day, uh, my husband's like, who the fuck is that? What is this cartoon cat <laughs> bullshit? What is going on here? I said, that, that is the owner of the Golden Saucer where Jesse performed. He is upset because he knows. He thinks that, you know, she's dead, along with a whole bunch of people he knows. He's yeah. watching mass murder. That is, uh, that's our, our friend Reeves controlling that. I said, oh, fuck yes. They actually put that little dropper in there. Which is nice because it, I mean, it means that that character will show up at some point, whether in some compa in some capacity, yeah, some capacity. Because Reeves was the only person in Shenra that was ever kind of like a good guy. It, he, I mean, he wanted the best for people. And he saw them as people. He was he put <laughs> people first, not profit. Not I love the. <laughs> How they changed one of the one of the big things they changed that people are going to notice right away is Avalanche is really bad terrorists. They fail. <laughs> this is the thing they that they fail to that, blow up the reactors. Shinra the, does that. The They're specifically that, that was, warmongering, and the whole right. commentary on the military industrial complex scapegoating right. these people who are actively correct and are just bad at their they're just there's no way they could have built a bomb big enough to fuck up the reactors is right basically what it's, that says and i never i never understood why in the original game they were supposed to be successful and i was just like that actually doesn't make sense if you see what who they are where they where they are like, we're talking about the, some of the poorest fucking people on planet Earth. Like, they had to, in this game, go into a whole other government facility just to get enough to make something. You'd think that they'd be able to take out these reactors and that, that power massive plates for millions of people? Hell fucking no. Not even on your best day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I never understood people like, oh, but why is why is Shinra going to be the ones that actually do it? Well, because have you not seen corporations? Do you not know how the actual world works? Because corporations are the ones that would actually sabotage their own shit. 
so that they could put other plans into motion. Like, yeah, Midgar is a city. St- it is a nation that is owned by a corporation. It's very Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, and it's it's funny. It's not even. It's like it's Shadowrun, but not even Shadowrun because every because there's a lot more magic. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but are we going to talk about are we going to talk about Andrea and Jules? Because we need to talk about Andy and Jules. Yes. All right. All right. Because that's mainly what. And then Aerith and Tifa and the. Let me just throw this in there because it's quick, and then we'll we'll talk fashion, because um, there's some fashion and it's glorious. Um, this is a spoily part. No, everybody knows that Cloud cross dresses, but it's superior. And if you're sad, I guess it's light spoilers. It, it's light spoilers just because the characters didn't exist before, but the whole sequence still happens, just slightly different. Like yeah, it's it's not like a spoilery. thousand times better. Um, so we'll preface the pre deep deep dive with. Things are a thousand times better in terms of relationships, gender identity, representation, queer representation. Mm-hmm. All of it is a million times better than the original. Um, yeah. Aerith and Tifa for lesbian for best lesbian couple in a video game in 2020. I'm if if people think that either one of these women will end up really loving Aerith, if you um if you get the quote unquote date with Aerith at one point, she tells Cloud not to fall in love with her and. Even though I know why she's saying it, like she's gonna die or whatever. At the same time, I'm like, don't fall in love with her because I'm gonna be in love with uh, Tifa, and you ain't getting a piece of this. I'm sorry, but I need some Tifa in my life. <laughs> you damn right. Well, what I took that with Aerith's dream, where mm-hmm. they have that dream walk and they have that conversation, and she says, "Don't fall in love with me. What you feel is real." That sequence, she's telling Cloud. You have a head full of fucked up shit. You don't actually know me. Well, half of your feelings are actually, um, you know that dude that died and you can't remember his name is Zach Fair? Yeah, that was my old boyfriend. You have his memories. I know this now because... Uh... <laughs> we Because we're... Because Silverhair and I are on New Game Plus and the rest of you are just starting the game. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so, so that was around that part. <laughs> yeah, that moment was wonderful and intimate and very sad. And that was where you really knew that she knew what was going on. Right. Is when she's like this is but there's a moment when you're going where you're going through the sewers and Aerith is trying to cheer Tifa up and she says, so let's think about something happy. And Tifa talks about, well, I'm going to go shopping for the bar after we save the world. And mm-hmm. Aerith is like, can I come too? And Tifa is like, absolutely. And they're almost like walking like best friends or there's there's this for women who haven't known each other very long. Seriously. <laughs> um, they met like two scenes ago. Um, they have this wonderful emotional intimacy and lack of of rivalry because that, that is that the moment big... yeah they turn they both turn they look at cloud who's walking behind him and then they talk to each other he's like cloud can be our pack chocoboo blah blah blah, blah. And I know, think he can carry our stuff and they're <laughs> off here doing shit that women who are in groups do and 
over here with Cloud going, what the fuck just happened to my life? And I've <laughs> I, heard this conversation from, like, when I become friends with, I'm a friends with a guy, and I become friends with his wife, or his girlfriend, and he's like, I don't know what I just did, but I have a terrible feeling that my life is now very, very, very dangerous. <laughs> and it's just that moment where these women have decided among themselves that, you know, there are more important things. Mm. And that's why I keep Alice and Noel separate. <laughs> uh, only because we would destroy you? Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's it's just this that moment is beautiful and tender and real. Right. Like there's I think there's that's no the force part is that that pick. you also said there's no rivalry. And that's yeah. huge because almost in every every single storyline that has two women that could be the quote unquote leading woman, they always try to do that triangle shit where the two of them are trying to outdo. These two are like, nah, I support you. No, I support you. No, I'm gonna support you. Okay, we're supporting each other. We're gonna make this shit happen. And that I that I I ended up loving both of them for that. And I was like, I don't hate Cloud. I used to hate Cloud. Now I'm like, Cloud is much better written than he ever was. Yeah. But I'm like, it, I'm like, can y'all just not have Cloud in the party? Put Barrett in the party because he's overexcited when he blows shit up. And I fucking love that. And I love when Tifa is like, all right, you gotta calm down a little bit now. I love when he does that to him like hell fucking yeah. It's so uh, adorable. <laughs> and then you just have Cloud who's just like I mean, what does he say? He says something like, Yeah, I knew that would happen, or some shit like that. I'm like, Yeah, I mean, yeah, cool, man. You're the hero. Get out of here, dude. Like, we want to talk. We I want to see other three that have like conversations and yeah, the incidental party banner is great. Yeah. So uh, there's a but, there's a lot of banter in this game too. Oh Jesus! Oh, it's Christ, all yes. it's fully voice acted. Yes. everything is smooth. There, are, it's just it's a very lush experience. Uh, it really now, is. Now I need to get a PlayStation Four because I live for party banter yes, when I play my like, games. And it's and very the, lush. The then the incidental is, dialogue as you're walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not just like very set places. Like you're you're literally walking. They're just it yeah, feels very Final Fantasy fifteen, and just there's banter going on. You can tell that there was a point where I could tell that Barrett and Cloud's interaction and relationship had changed because their party banter changed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit, because Cloud said something like that was some those some good moves or something like that, and Barrett was like, you too, man. And I was like, whoa, like y'all are actually having a real conversation. Holy shit. <laughs> well, see, I enjoy banter in my games so much that every once in a while when I can't sleep, I'll go on and turn on a YouTube clip of basically all the party banner in Dragon Age 3 or all the party banter in Mass Effect because I you just like listening to the banner. Yeah, but and the incidental dialogue is great because it changes. There's it feels to me very much like an MMO. Yeah. Where you're but you're in charge of your party, but everybody right. is a fully realized character and you're walking through it's kind of Skyrimy, it's kind of ESO where you they acknowledge that shit is happening and as cloud as you build up faction in the various sector slums. Hey, that's that mercenary. 
that's that right. guy. He's yeah. the really helpful thing. And, you know, they react to you and to how the story is changing and what's going on. And everybody's like, hi, Aerith. And, mm -hmm. You know, oh, you get I, a feeling of how, how real these people are. And most of them are poor, brown, or poor and brown. Mm -hmm. Or beige. And I feel like, I think I even post about this, that I feel like the representation and diversity was far more uh, like prevalent in this than it's ever been in almost any game I've ever seen. Because in the original, Barrett was pretty much the only black person. There, I don't think there was like any other black people at all. And in this, there was a sea of black people and none of them talked. They all spoke how they spoke, and there was people who were who were leaders and teachers and doctors and and lawyers, other mercenaries, uh, thugs. Uh, there was just a, a sea of different voices, different looks, um, types I, of people. And I saw a shit ton of like afros. I saw a bunch of ethnic dress uh, that would make sense. I saw and then like. <laughs> I kind of commented on this when I was talking to my roommate about uh, people in Walmart, but I saw uh, big people in like skimpy clothes and it wasn't, it wasn't the skimpy, like these are prostitutes. It was like, no, these are just normal city goers who came to Walmart because they wanted to, to party for the night. But it was, it was enough that I could recognize that they had a crap ton of different models that, uh, people weren't just uh, static people that they, it appeared that they were very much randomizing everything just yeah, it like was, you would see in real life. And it was amazing. It's really part of that lushness. Now mm -hmm. mm, I came, I, you know, I came into the game knowing that there's this scene where cloud cross dresses and that it's really cringy. And it was even cringy back in 97. <sighs> mm. So, 97. So, the way that you you get to this part, right? For the people who don't know, I got to set the scene. You need to get to Don Corneo because you need Don Corneo to tell you how to get to the next part of your quest, so on and so forth. And plus, you had to rescue Tifa because Tifa was like, "I'm trying to get in there and figure out what he's doing, and I feel like if I can become uh, one of his mistresses, wives, whatever." I can get information about the next part of whatever the quest is. Cool. So Aerith says she's going to go in there. Uh, Cloud is like, yo, nah, I'm going to go up in there. Like, we got to figure out it's done. So in the original, you go and you go to a sauna that is nudge, nudge, wink, wink, a gay sauna to get, I believe, underwear or something, and you got to pile into a hot tub with a bunch of dudes, and there's a bunch of stuff that makes it seem like it's homophobic, and then there's there's just a bunch of other stuff that's kind of like transphobic, like, oh, we can put makeup on you, but boys don't wear makeup type of shit, and um, boys don't wear dresses, and like just a bunch of, of stuff where it was very gender-specific. And it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's 97... There's, I mean, everything was cringy then. Yeah, we're, like we're in a better place now. There's no excuse for it then, but it's like it's '97, so we know that majority of the people were just going to be like, "That's just the way it is." So, fast no. forward to 2020. 
Noel, what they do? What did they do? Um. So you have to do some shit. The squats competition is still in there, but Yay! you walk it. You walk <laughs> into the gym, and it's what Cloud and Aerith, and mm-hmm. you've got the two. You've got the two of them, and Aerith is this soft thing, and Cloud is just, you know, trying to be a hard ass. And you walk in, and you meet Jules in the gym. Jules. And I looked at Jules, and I, you know, kind of side-eyed, because my spouse is sitting next to me. Um, literally sat through pretty much all 35 hours of the playthrough, and was delighted the whole time. <laughs> um, but side eye i look at it and i go that's either a trans woman or a very femme guy and i don't care which because it was amazing jules has very femme features like for all of the guys that that you have run into in the game to that Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. somebody has clearly put on their full face before going to the gym and you've got this is like like could compete in the arnold expo bodybuilder with makeup on so we're femme we're non-binary you don't know and you don't care because jules is amazing um and you have to win this win the squats competition as part of chocobo sam's quests Mm -hmm. like chocobo sam's requests to get while Aerith is off at Madame M's, which is a hand massage parlor now, and she fucking wrecks Cloud's hand. I don't know what this woman does, but she destroys this man. And then she's like, we're gonna make you fabulous, honey, and disappears with Aerith and sends (laughs) Cloud off to go do shit. Um, Part of which is doing the squats competition. Mm -hmm. And it's annoying. It's like playing Simon and I did okay. I won, and I'm never going to do it again, because, again, spatial relations and me don't get along, and <laughs> buttons, no. Um, but Jewel, this the gym is amazing, because the gym is very, it's a, it's a very queer-friendly space. 100%. I and, think one of the things for me is, like, walking in, you look at Jewel, and you're thinking multiple things like you're you're thinking jules is actually just one of the side characters it's not the main honcho at the place mm-hmm. uh jules very handily tells and i don't even know who the dude was the first dude who who challenges you but tells them like you can't look at somebody's build and think what their strength is like you can't and that that to me was you can't just look at somebody and think you already know what they're capable of who they are what they are you can't look at and and that coming out of Jules mouth. Jules I don't think anybody ever acknowledges gender with Jules. Jules is there no. to work out and to make people feel good and honestly that's that's all it all that matters. And that's why Jules uh to me is is such a good character because you're looking at this character and this character does not fit the Arnold classic look and yet this is the character that's leading this entire place and we all know that it's for their gym. Are, yeah, it's their gym. For people that are are gym heads, like the person who who's leading that gym, like you are the you're the strongest. Not so much because you could lift the most, but because your energy, your charisma, who you are as a person radiates throughout the entire place. And Jules radiates that. 
I, mm-hmm. I've, I'm in love with Jules. I don't care. Jules to me is non binary. Like, as soon as I walked in, I was like, Jules is non binary. That's just, that's what it is. And I'm, I'm like, if anybody has any issue, they are non binary. We will take it to the streets. If you call Jules a he or a she, we will take it to the streets. Jules is they. And that's well, just I, how it is. It's never <laughs> confirmed one either way. So the only right. appropriate thing to say is they. Right. But just, Jules um, is also a very androgynous name mm-hmm. because it can be short for Julian. It can be short for Julia. Right. So you don't know. You just, it's so fluid and ambiguous with this character. And to have this person be so prominently involved in this side quest is a big deal. And you do your fucking quests and they're annoying. And I mean, because they're side quests and you're killing time. And then... And you fight in the arena and you catch Andrea's attention because you're Madame M's uh, sponsored champions. Mm -hmm. And so Andrea and Sam and Madame M are all in the box. They're watching the two of you fight. So I guess you do the, the tournament before Aerith goes and plays dress up. Because um, you don't want to ruin any of it, what, it, what happens to Aerith, because that's some gorgeous shit. <laughs> um, but you catch Andrea's attention. And you, you only see glimpses of like a jawline with just the perfect amount of stubble and mm. a little bit of an outfit. And you're like, I don't know who this is, but they're fabulous. And again, Andrea, it's there's a an ide- there's just some plastic identity in there that is intriguing because I'm into it. It's like it's Andrea, and Andrea runs the Honeybee Inn and does mm-hmm. burlesque. And what is going on here? And you know, is this gender fuck drag? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Like, I have enough drag culture knowledge stored in the back of my head now to, you know, are we a bearded queen? What's going on with this person? And then you get to, uh, you, you get where Andrea wants to meet with Cloud. And it's just Cloud. And it's after you've uh, run it, you, you've picked up Aerith, you go back to Madame M's, you get the, the call to go to the Honeybee Club and, and meet Andrea, and Aerith is like, I'll meet you there! And you <laughs> run off with Cloud, and you're like, well, this is going to be interesting. What does this intriguing person want with me? Mm-hmm. And you have to do a fucking, like, Simon Says uh, quick time event, which sucks, and I hate it. And you have to do this thing twice. Um, I did actually pretty well. The first uh, one during, is practice. Yeah. <laughs> the second one, I actually did a lot better. I, I did really well. I don't know what sort of zen I was in because there was a lot going on on the screen. But basically, Cloud gets dragged onto the stage to be part of Andrea's performance for the night. And Which Aerith was- is in the crowd and Madame M is there. And um, <laughs> it turns into this... Um, beautiful we're gonna make you up we're gonna you know turn you into you know a femme presenting individual Mm -hmm. now the outfit i got was cloud in a little black shrug with black mesh like uh opera glove sleeves 
with the fingers open. Um, I've got a picture of me wearing something similar. Little black shrug, a corset that is drawn correctly, tied in the wrong spot in the back, but corset is drawn correctly. And when Cloud moves, Cloud is moving correctly or more correctly than you usually see people move in a corset. The, bo- the, the body carriage is different because your core is a little restricted. And this really full black skirt. And this fascinator, black flower, it's really pretty. And these fucking pigtails. <laughs> so, <laughs> Andrea, you said Andrea in a post. Never. 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 Not French braid or something. Andrea would never. You telling me that Andrea, who had the best choreography on stage and was able to get Cloud to sync up with him. Who is yeah, dancing. that was some intense it's, shit it's too. Fabulous. That was the, hot. the lights, the music. I said, holy shit, this is I need this game. Like, can we just have this game? Like, no other game? Can we just have this? Like over and over again? Or or or, or what are we doing here? <laughs> but, I don't know what's happening, but it's intense. <laughs> I'm kind of turned on and I'm also really confused. <laughs> but what is going me, on? You're telling me that Andrea, who is the most fabulous, that it takes it takes potentially years. For honeybees to actually become honeybees within that establishment, that Andrea is gonna put pigtails on Cloud. I don't care, especially if this... those terrible. I mean, those were those were badly those were badly done extensions. They were trash, trash. <laughs> and I've seen the other outfits because you can get three different outfits for. The mission. Aerith mm-hmm. has two others, and Tifa has two others. Unlocked by telling her earlier in the game, pick a you type guys of outfit. Don't, you guys didn't get to witness what just happened because I've had my headset on mute. Talking about this, <laughs> I've been basically laughing till to death <laughs> listening to you guys go off about this. Well, because I need you to understand but, these fucking pigtails. Oh my god, Andrea would never. On no. your life, on your life, never. I don't care if direct. that's. I don't care if that is is to throw back to the OG. I don't. don't yeah, add, I don't fucking care. You don't add this character that never existed. You do not add this character into the game with this fabulousness, and then throw those pigtails on this man. Look <laughs> at this. You don't throw that, those pigtails on any human being. Look at that. Look, Look at that. Look that. At that's it's looks terrible. Like, that looks like something from a Try Guys video, like Try Guys Try Hairstyling. This, uh, this, uh, it just makes me mad because the outfits, everything else is just perfect. Like the presentation is perfect. He's, if you cloud but, is flawless, and there's a reference when you run into when you get to Corneo's and you get to Tifa's, and Tifa's waking Cloud up, and she doesn't recognize him right away. Right. Because she's not expecting him. So, of course, you don't see the person you know when you're not expecting them. It's something I've noticed at FAIR. Um, somebody out of garb, you don't recognize. So, mm-hmm. out of context, people, you process. You don't, yeah. And she's, and Cloud is just like, Tifa, you're fine. And she's like, wait, Cloud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the hair, the dress, your makeup fat it nailed yeah nailed it i know <laughs> <laughs> which i love like i loved it because there's andrea he's not when, weird when, about it right when and andrea when he pulled away and he's 
said he said that that beauty has no gender beauty mm-hmm. has it, it has no 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 form it has it's it is what it is and it's- and this is very telling because cloud doesn't react in why am i wearing a dress he he has no reaction to it he is he well, he knew wearing a he, dress was going to be a thing. Right. And and he doesn't play it up in, in any like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, like, I feel weird. Like, he does, there's no, at no moment, even when Eric sees him, she at no moment is like, oh, my God, this is, she's like, you're beautiful. Like, oh, my God, like, you're so, she is just captured by beauty. And she realizes, like, and I think this was, just, this is why I was really, really happy about it. It's like. It's very telling when you have some a property like this. Like Final Final Fantasy property is a big property. It's one of the tent poles of gaming. You drop yes. Final Fantasy, Mario, Zelda. Like these are tent poles. Halo. All of these things are tent poles. When people think gaming, even if you're not a gamer, you will know what one of these things are. Final Fantasy is that. This is the most anticipated game in like years. It's like this and like Animal Crossing are the two games probably would end up being games of the year this year for them to be in the middle of this game to say gender has no beauty clothing has no gender you can be anything that you want to be just be fabulous be yourself and don't make anybody else feel bad about who they are is fucking huge it's never be afraid to who you are andrea looks cloud dead in the eye Asked at the reveal, and you, the player, are sitting back going, holy fucking shit, because it's right. amazing. Um, I've posted a picture in our chat because of all three of the outfits, and, I mean, they're not amazing. The blue corset one is probably my favorite of the three. Um, but, you know, there's pigtails in a couple of them, and it just... It, it, pigtails upset me. But one of them has, like, extensions that like, they put in well... Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this shaggy Joan Jet hair, which is cool. Um, just the the life is gender neutral. Go and be fierce, right? And don't be afraid. And yeah, this is one of the biggest. This is old guard gaming. This is when you think of the of the NES. There are what, three or four titles? Final Fantasy, Mario, Link, and maybe Dragon Warrior. Mm-hmm. But in terms of RPGs, Sonic. those are your... Sonic isn't an NES. We now know that Bill but... never plays video games. No, yes. no, no. I was, I'm just, <laughs> because I was thinking because you said NES, and then we're talking about Final Fantasy VII, which was on the PlayStation, so it's more of a I yes. see what you're getting at when you're saying that now. I, I got confused. Yeah, that's okay. Um, that happens. But these are the cornerstones. These are these are cultural touchstone properties. Okay, Metroid. That would be the other one I'd say. Yeah, Met. Yeah, Metroid would be one, but that's very niche. Um, which is uh, sad because Metroid is. People <laughs> freaked out when they figured out that Samus Aran is a girl. I mean, well, Which that's was awesome. I don't think I wouldn't say that. I my stepfather freaked out when that happened because my older sister beat Metroid One in front of him in like forty five minutes. I, 
and just to show him that Samus was a girl. And he was like, one, how did you beat this game in 45 minutes? And two, what the fuck? One, it's called speedrunning. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> and this is on things before it was hard to glitch and hack. Because, you know, games weren't nearly as glitchy as they, use, as they are now. The only way he was able to beat Metroid 1 was with the game genie. So, yeah. Um, wow. I remember the Game Genie, too. <laughs> I still have one in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, these... these tut- this And this Final Fantasy game being a cultural touchstone in gaming history. For to a lot take, of people, this was yeah. their first Final Fantasy ever. Ever. Yeah, because there are people who are younger than me, I know. <laughs> There are people who don't know the joys of Rat Tail. <laughs> I didn't beat Final Fantasy 1. I. I got to the point of it where they, like, quote-unquote, grew up at it, and, and I, like, stopped playing. My brother uh, saved over my game. That was another reason why I didn't play that a lot, because you only had the one save. Um, then I skipped to 7, and then I skipped to 10. So for me, Final Fantasy is more of a Sony property than a Nintendo property. Because I beat it on at I beat seven and ten. Um so that's why I don't think of it as a Nintendo property, so to speak. I think this is the first Final Fantasy game I have beaten. Because the grinding got me down, and it's very not a grindy game, which is great, and something that we can pull and move mm-hmm. to the not spoiler section. But <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, I'm always going to come back to the rewrites where there's no rivalry between Aerith and Tifa Cloud's attention. There's no because they just he's just there and a part of their life, and they just. They got shit to do. They don't have time to be fighting over a boy. Um, <laughs> right. Th- that's really beautiful. Um, just Aerith in general, because I never got to meet her the first time. She's just a lovely character, and she's very supportive. She, like, with Cloud, she's like, oh my god, you're so pretty. You look amazing. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's that friend. And... You know, she's got a steel core, but she's so soft. And in and she's like, I she says something at the end, I miss the steel sky. I don't want to leave the city. Oh this my is God. my That'd home. Be- and just that you know, she's you get this feeling that because of where how of everything we've spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um <laughs> The uh, her connection to the game that's one of those things where you really feel how much did because she never hesitates mm-hmm. there's never a moment where she's like I don't want to do this there's you can see um, I wrote about this on Facebook when I got done playing it is how important Aerith is 
in gaming as a female character, as a lead character, and how, you know, important Tifa is as a lead character. Because after Final Fantasy VII, women's roles changed. Because I remember uh, Cecil and Rosa and Kane in whatever Final Fantasy that was. Uh, four. Um, is it four four? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, four. Okay. <laughs> and then Celeste has that romance arc and that's her driving thing. And then Tara has whatever her fucked up shit is in six. But seven is really where the women of Final Fantasy came into their own. Well, seven is where you saw that. Um, I didn't play a lot of eight, but you got characters like Quistis um, and the women in Final Fantasy VIII. And then you get to Final Fantasy IX and you get Garnet, who is an incredible nuanced character. And then you get to Yuna and Lulu and um, Balf- and Ash in twelve, and Lightning and Fang and Vanille. And even Freya, who's a mouse, but um, female, in nine, these women who are soft and strong at the same time, who are involved in the story for much bigger reasons than the main character, who is male, that's, I can see this is really where it started mm-hmm. and that this game is important and this remake is important culturally for gaming for so many reasons and it just makes me angrier at because i really feel that they betrayed everything they've built with women by giving us a game with four guys following the path of an extremely brave woman i want her game I don't want the Final Fantasy 15 we were given. I want to play her story. Her story is fascinating because she's on her own. And she knows what the actual stakes are. And I can see where she, because I, I don't remember her name. Luna? I think something light related. But mm. all the way to 15. You can go back in time and you can see how the through Yuna, the woman who is willing to die, you know, she's what, 18? And she is joyfully going to her death because she's trying to save the world. And then you go to Aerith and now Aerith in 7, this in the remake, who knows what's going on. She also doesn't hesitate to to act and do what she needs to do. And there's incredible speeches that you can look them up on YouTube if you want to spoil them for yourself. Because I can't remember them. I was too busy being in awe of this girl in a pale pink dress with a big pink bow in her hair who's been nothing but soft and kind and sweet. And she didn't want to fight. She surrendered willingly to protect Marlene. She does all of these selfless things 
and then she gives this speech that really I did I was ready to dis- destroy everything in my path for her I I love this game I it's not even a a whole story and it's my one of my favorite all-time games yeah I'm I'm going like I said I'm going back to hard mode right now with an appreciation for Barrett's ability to apparently just be a single healer and heal everybody. Uh, Aerith is going to be a black mage and blow everything apart. <laughs> and then I guess Cloud will be my my third and just uh, try well, to I don't know if we're going to get to a to a to a four party. Isn't it? Wasn't it a, a four man party in the original? No, it was only three. It was only three. Yeah. I'm so frustrated with that. I'm like, I just need one more person. <laughs> and then I can really balance things out. But I'm trying to balance, have everybody be balanced so that when you are solo. Like, because you have some solo Tifa moments. And I realized, fuck, I really should be controlling her more because this is effortless, beautiful. All of her animations are beautiful and very strong and very when, correct. When you and learn how to string all of her moves together, because she plays like a fighting game character, mm-hmm. it is brilliance. I've never seen any character ever animate like that. It you is boost, gorgeous. Yeah, you boost her her triangle up all the way, and then you chain the abilities together, and then... So when the last have... one hits, you triangle, and then if you're lucky and she's got power, you can and she's can limit break, you can pop limit break, and you can somersault kick. Mm-hmm. I took out a couple of bosses somersault kicking them in the face, and it was so satisfying because it's beautiful. And she does; she moves like a like a like a fighting game character. Yeah, if you do the if you do the uh, uppercut one that she mm-hmm. has, which is like the lower triangle for anybody who is just now listening to kind of the non-spoiler part uh and you have atb and you do the dive kick you can dive kick off of them and then do another uh if you have like another unbridled or if you change if you charged up and unbridled immediately then you can continue doing it and then go into a limit break i was like jesus christ this woman moves like fighting game character she is so fast so fluid like i didn't want to switch off of her even though i know i needed which offer her to actually do stuff on another character, but it just, it feels good. She feels, she just feels good. You can go into like the VR missions and just, oh, it's brilliant. She's just, it's <laughs> the love and attention the team brought to the game. You know, it's the attention to detail in the making a diverse world, but just the animations. Mm-hmm. Like the way Aerith's hair moves. Or the way the cloth moves. Or the fact that Cloud in a corset is going to stand differently than Cloud not in a corset. Just those little subtle things. And then the the chin-up competition between Tifa and Andrea after you get out of the sewers. Just that little thing where there's that balance of softness and strength and you know you can you can be a gym rat you can and also you know run a burlesque club and you know do 
I don't even know how to qualify the performance because it's a little bit bur burlesque. Oh, it's a lot burlesque, but then, you know, I don't quite know what other elements are coming in. But just that, that embrace of, you know, you said bodies feeling sexy in mm -hmm. wall market. They're not wearing a lot. They're just out to have a good time. They're not perfect. And then it's great. Like, it's just, it feels, just, I feel like this was a, a real living world that was more progressive than ours in some ways, but then regressive in others. Well, it's very dystopian, but the, the undercity is where all the, you know, because that's where minorities get put. That's where marginalized mm -hmm. people are. The marginal wall market is really progressive because that's all they have. And then there's that dynamic of people from from the plates come down and go to wall market. Mm -hmm. It's like that elite appropriative culture will come and partake. And then take away things for themselves. And, you know, just that that idea that what is really life for the the poor in Midgar, you know, that, that progressive, that fluid, that gray areas and that real that realness. is like a tourist thing and how close to life that is. Because I, I know at least one of us in this, in this chat has had the con has had the, the go to a drag show or go to a gay bar and you can tell who the tourists are. Okay. In a couple cases it was me, but I was trying to not be weird and like, be and other of the people there because I was there to actually support somebody who was doing a show that night for in one case. And then um, I forget the other reason um, it might've been a bachelorette party, but you know, I was, I was there because I understood what I was looking at. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't there to just be a straight chick in a gay bar because it's safe. No, I, I was there for, you know, real re for real cultural reasons, and to you know, learn and broaden myself. Um, it was neat, uh, but you get that sense, especially when you're going to, you're in the uh, train stations, and you're dealing with. Fuck! We lost him. When you when I heard the beep, I was like, "What was the Craig go down?" Uh, no, it was Warren. We lost Warren. But uh, we'll see. If he pops in really quick. Uh, I mean, we we could literally been, talk about I'd, this forever. I've been sitting here basically, basically, basically living vicariously through the two of you, enjoying the fuck out of this game, and. 
it makes me so happy to hear two of my friends just goob over their fandom type excitement about something. What I basically, well, I know a little bit, basically know nothing about. It's it's well worth the, the price of admission. I'm so happy with it. I'm really glad I don't have the original to compare it to. And um, this is some spoiler shit. I love the fact that, and if Warren comes back, we'll talk about it with him too. Um, I love the fact that in the last fight sequence, you fight this thing called the Harbinger of Whispers. And I forget which party member says, what the fuck is that? God, they swear a lot. And it's glorious. It's very real. (laughs) Fuck and shit and damn it. It's just, you know, it's very, the, the dialogue is very natural and very real. and It's not cleaned up to be family friendly, which is awesome. Um, but you're, and you say, what the fuck is this thing? This giant monstrous thing. And you've kind of gone through a portal and you're not quite in time. And, um. All right, Warren says Discord just died. Okay. Let me see if that means but, he's going to be able to reboot it or not. Okay, I'm just going to keep babbling. Um, so you're fighting the Harbinger of Whispers, and they're like, what the fuck is that? And you beat the first phase, and you have, like, a flashback, but not. And it's a cut to, like, the opening of the Advent Children movie with Red right. 13 with a pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another, what the fuck moment? Because they're like, what did we just see? And Aerith says, that's the timeline they're trying to protect. So what I am super duper excited about in future is if my suspicion is correct and they go a different path with, say, Aerith's character and she doesn't die. Because really, that was one of the most bullshit murders in the history of art. Because um, it, it, it didn't really serve anything except shock value. Right. So it was kind of dumb. Um, so yeah, the shock value now is that she doesn't die. Because that's what everybody's expecting. But the screaming that is going to come after that, if this is what happens, and she lives. The purest screaming, but my childhood. Anyone I hear complaining about that, I am going to reference that fight with the Harbinger of Whispers and say, you literally killed off that timeline. Because you win that fight. Yep. So, explicitly from the devs, from the game developers, from the scriptwriters, from everybody on this project. They said, the, this is not the same game. They put it in a character's mouth. They had you literally kill avatars of the old timeline in an epic 
it's an incredible fight and it's exhausting. And then you fight Sephiroth. <laughs> so that fucking sucked. Because <laughs> that's another multi It's this long set of battles and it's a multi stage boss battle. Right. And I warn you, like, before you go through here, you're not going to come back to Midgar for a while. Did you save? Did you stock up on potions with this big warning that's it? <laughs> Giant boss battle sequence. Stock up on shit. Which is great. Is he going to be able to come back? He doesn't think so. He's trying to see what he can do. Okay, well, I I got my little screaming about right. the end of the game. And right. if he can't make it back, tell him he doesn't need to make it back. I told, I told him that we're going to wrap it up, so he doesn't have to worry about that. Um, if he wants to scream about it more, and this is a popular episode, we can do more. <laughs> and we can deep dive into little bits of it. Yep. But we'll go through and wrap things up. Um... Thank you, Alpha Riff, for going through and screaming about Final Fantasy VII with Noel, and also telling us about Animal Crossing for those that are completely noobs and don't understand what the fuck is going on. I still don't understand what the fuck is going on, but it sounds adorable, and I'm here to support everybody who's enjoying it. Every hey, my viewpoint is uh, if you're not actively hurting somebody else, let people enjoy things. That's all you do. If people mm. want to play Animal Crossing, let them. All right, I'm just double checking one thing. Takes a, if you haven't burned all your stimulus money getting out of debt, um, throw some money at your favorite artisan. And artists, they're fucking hurting. Find an entertainer. Buy, send them some grocery money. And just be like, here, dude. Have yeah, some grocery what, money. Buy gift little... cards for your salon. Support the small people right now. Because we're all each other has. You can also support your models. That might need to do other things, too. Oh, shh. We're going we're gonna... to... That stuff should be here, um... But um, thank you again, Alpha Riff, for being on. His Patreon is patreon.com Alpha Riff, uh, forward slash Alpha Riff. So go throw him a couple, go throw him some money. He's helped us out with that, and I'm literally going to be like, okay, is there any specific songs that you want me to use? Because I'm seriously considering, like I said, going through and all the spoilery stuff. The first part will be like, oh, music. And then. A break, then music, then break. But Patriots are get like the whole entire. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're protecting people who haven't the game yet, um, or haven't gotten it yet, except for Bill because Bill has to listen to this. But we're protecting you behind some pretty cool shit that Alpha Riff has recorded. Um, if you want to know all of the screaming, throw some money at our Patreon. Um. Because it'll all be there. Um, scream at me on the web. Uh, scream at me on Facebook. <sighs> we're gonna survive this, but we're gonna have to do it together. Yes. That being said, I think that's a good way to end everything off. My name is Bill, and I'm Noel. 
And thank you again, Alpha Rift. And see, we all have an extra chromosome. Good night, folks. Craig, get out. I have Craig in the other chat. <laughs>